You'll have to forgive the lighting in my space because it's at the top of the house and it's hotter than the sun. So I'm trying to keep everything subdued. So I decided to leave the the window open because otherwise I'm also, I'm, I'm not at the top of the house, but it's really hot. We might be dead by the end of this podcast. Yeah, for a variety of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> sun is shining. That's all that matters. Yeah, it is. Actually, yeah, we had a, what was it? Matt, Matt Drinkwater was uh, sending us this uh, picture of him listening to layovers in the garden, in his garden, probably. And I'm thinking that we should have maybe done that next time we should record from our gardens. I was, you know, it's funny. I was thinking the exact same thing this morning. I would love to have just panic set up a outdoor <laughs> recording, but it, I don't know. It, there's so much noise and stuff that happens in this neighborhood. It would have just been... Uh, a cacophony in the background. At least I, I have the the plane, so that would have kind of fit, you know, on, mm. on, on final four ethro. So that would have actually fitted the uh, the idea. Maybe one day I'll try it. I'm sure it's gonna be <laughs> gonna suck. I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. Yeah, good luck because of the heat. Uh, we're the June June fifteenth, June fifteenth, and uh, as promised, exactly two weeks after our uh, previous show, I am recording. It doesn't mean that it's going to be released today because I'm very very uh, busy uh, probably early next week uh, so faster but I'm asking all of you guys if we record a bit faster you have to listen to the previous episode I don't want to see the numbers drop otherwise I'm going back to uh, waiting for four weeks between episodes so please listen to the <laughs> previous uh, episode and welcome to the airline loyalty recognition podcast uh, because there's so many people that are sending us like uh, how they were recognized or not in airlines, whether it's like handwritten notes and or other uh, niceties from airlines, that I think that is the new name of the podcast, the Airline Loyalty Recognition. <laughs> well, I'm glad that uh, that people are getting recognized. It's it's just us that's not. Although I did say like last few, few flights I've done on BA, they have. So the tide is turning. The tide is clearly turning. <laughs> um, you spotted that... Uh, we can say, Alexa, play the Airline Loyalty Recognition Podcast. I'm very, very nice by saying that and not saying the name of our podcast. Otherwise, Alexa will just jump in the background if you have one. So it's working now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember how I, if I was just messing around and I said it. But yeah, you can say, Alexa, play the name of the, of the uh, show. And sure enough, <laughs> it reads the title. And there it goes. I think you can just say layovers, right? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alexa, play layovers. Uh, I can't remember if you have to say layovers or layovers podcast. I think I said layovers podcast, but I would be interested to hear if you can just say layovers. And I'm very happy because I, I I I was trying to put it on Amazon for a while and it wasn't working. And I did that a few months ago, and I never actually tested it because I don't have Alexa. I don't have this mistress at home that listens to everything I say. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so guys, you can listen on, and, and I've already received an email from them telling me that we've had some listens. They're very nice. They even send me the oh, stats that's directly. Cool. Yeah, so yeah, it works. So thank you guys. Um, and uh, last but not least, uh, another country where we're number one. We're now number one in. Uh, You've never been to Canada? Canada. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Anyway, let's let's put this sound to start the show properly. I think people can guess, of course, they've seen the title of the show, but if you've been on Alexa, you don't know the title of the show yet. Uh, we've been to Geneva. Yes. 
Together. <laughs> together. When was the last time we, so we didn't fly together, let's put it, no. because that was a long time ago, the last time we flew together. Was it Poland? Poland. That was Krakow, I think, was it? Uh, or I think, yeah, I think it was Krakow. Yeah. Uh, but being to the same city, not being London, obviously, that seems, <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, was it was while. San Francisco with you? Last time? Yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, I think that was the last time that we were not in, like you say, in London and together. It used to happen reasonably often, uh, but uh, now, no, no, not so much. <laughs> not so much anymore. Not so, much. so, yeah, so, guys, I'm sure because there's a lot of crossover and Alex has way more uh, viewership on his Attaché uh, YouTube channel than we do here, obviously. So, but if you're living under a rock or had no internet access for the past week, please check attaché travel on youtube because he released the latest episode and we did it together at geneva which is where i was born and it was a ton of fun to do that it really was fun the three of us with you and, and greg it was really i just had a lot of fun man it was oh it was so great you were so generous with your with your time and your enthusiasm and knowledge it was it was great it was a lot of fun people are saying that it was it's their favorite episode ever Oh, <laughs> of the show, which is great, which is fantastic. It's also thanks. I mean, thanks to your script and thanks to because I was going completely. I mean, didn't have a script. I was about to say off script, but thanks also to the magical hands and mind of Greg because the way he edited this, with every, I was talking shit a lot as well. Uh, it's amazing. It, the, the end product, I'm like, wow. So yeah, I'm, he's incredibly good at what he does, and I think what he made is uh, is is beautiful and spectacular, and he. He sees things the rest of us don't see, and he yep. also stitched together our stuff to make it sound coherent and not just, well, like this, really. No, exactly. And yet, since we had the, the microphone on us all the time, sometimes even like there's a few things I'm like, was that filmed? I didn't realize it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, no, it's, it's, it's fantastic. And I, and I mean, obviously, it's my hometown, home city where I was born. I left like more than 15 years ago now. So hope everything I said. Actually, I had a few friends from Geneva told me that, yeah, yeah you were right. Of course, the whole left bank, right bank created a stir. Yeah. <laughs> well, we knew it was going to. So yeah, yeah, it was part of the fun. Because I was very disappointed that I couldn't be there with you when you did Athens which is, of course, another city of my heart uh, through ancestry and also because I have a flat there. Uh, so I'm very happy to have been done in Geneva. It's not as uh, impressive as uh, a city than Athens. What I, we did, what, Beirut? But I, was, I didn't go with you. We were there and I helped you organize. Yeah. Of course, Tokyo. Yeah, okay, okay clearly. Tokyo, Tokyo. Uh, Barcelona. You know what? I have a very, very low memory of Barcelona. I kind of have like these hints that you didn't, but that was a long, long time ago. It was a very long time ago, yeah. <laughs> We were there for uh, work, as as always, and yeah, you were there for some of the filming. Yeah, I, I had forgotten that. Anyway, guys, that's why we're going to Geneva, although we've already done that airport. I haven't checked. I'm so silly. Uh, I haven't checked when, but we've done that a long time ago. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not only because we've been together, and I want to hear Alex the Alex's thoughts about the airport and how he flew there, but also because the airport has improved, has changed since last time, so actually, why not? Uh, it's uh, it's an airport that punches above its weight in terms of passenger traffic, so that's also be interesting. But, you know, we could have gone because it was Hayata. That's not where we went. We could have gone because we both are very wealthy and needed to go to a private bank. That's not <laughs> <laughs> either. Where we love peace, but we, it's not, we didn't go to the United Nations or one of the affiliated um, 
agencies either. Uh, we could have gone uh, if we had asked Will, your brother, because he lives in the Lizard City, uh, Denver. Uh, the other Lizard City is Geneva because the WEF, you know, Davos, very famous, you know, the conspiracy theory center of the world, is based in Geneva. We didn't go there either, guys. I promise you, we just went to film. We were very innocent. And um, <laughs> you are in first class. You are in first class. Am I now? He smiles. Guys, you don't, re you don't know because this is something of a, what happened when we were it's usually something you like to hear yeah like you are in first class because you've been upgraded it was not the case on no that train no we well it was funny because it was such a welcome to switzerland moment wasn't it or <laughs> well I, mean, I, mean, it, I don't know if it was welcome to geneva but it's certainly welcome to switzerland where we uh <laughs> yeah i told them yeah let's knock into the first class because it's going to be empty this is a five minute train to do like the uh, yeah i think that's an important detail it's a five minute train journey yes. from the airport to the city and i told you because that's my fault let's go to first class double decker on the top there's not going to be anyone for that journey so you can record that segment being alone and not disturbing people and obviously <laughs> which never happens to me when i take that train there's usually no one in that day obviously there was a controller and um <laughs> she was not happy with us she was very swiss uh not genevan uh geneva's a little bit more french and like yeah whatever but anyway uh so how do you how did you go to geneva we did easyjet uh greg and i did easyjet and because we've just both decided that gatwick is well it's much closer to our respective homes and it's easier in many regards uh, to get to and from. And the frequencies to Geneva were good. I looked at City, um, but it's oh. it, it because I just like I, I look for reasons to fly out of that airport because I love it so much. But it, the, the case for it is, in this instance, was not compelling enough to justify actually the significantly higher cost and 50% longer travel time. Oh, travel time from your place. From yes. my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, not in the air. That was he changed location in London. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, in, it's in Glasgow now. Uh, so, yeah, um, EasyJet just, I mean, it makes sense as well because of their, their ticketing structure. Although I have found, and I think Greg has experienced this as well, that the ancillary costs of EasyJet are substantial now with yeah. cabin baggage limitations yeah. and what you you have to pay to bring on a, a certain size cabin bag and yeah and you have to pay for the overhead to access to the overhead mm -hmm. that's for me the big one so you have the uh, this is why i flew ba i'll come to that later but because uh, it's been i don't know when they implemented it but they implemented it like in the past two years three years i don't know yeah. maybe four maybe i don't remember but having to suddenly add the carry-on if you need in most of the, I mean, to Geneva, you like Greg had these camera equipment and whatever. Yeah. It's certainly not that competitive always. No, a hundred percent, and that's exactly what I've I've experienced. And I was racking my brain trying to remember if this was a thing in the past because I used to fly EasyJet all the yeah. time. Right. So I'm I'm glad to hear that it's a well. I'm not glad to hear it's a new thing, but I, I'm glad to hear that my memory is not completely crap because it felt the value once you add on all those things is not as good unless yes. you are a bag under the seat boy only, which I was on another trip I did recently to Edinburgh. And then it makes sense because I don't need to, uh, I don't need to pay for speedy boarding. So I get that coveted overhead bin space. I'm happy to wait it, you know, to the very end yeah. of the queue and all that stuff. So, yeah. but it, so 
It's a little disappointing. Greg's been stung stung with it on Norse, so it definitely seems to be a trend, if not the norm now, on all of the LCCs and ULCCs. Which, but even I've, I'm I'm wondering if BA is not thinking about doing uh, something. You know, I would not. Surprise is it Finnair that has, that has started it? Maybe somebody else on on, on One World. No, really? I don't think it's BA. Maybe the reason I'm saying that is I don't know if you've seen. Uh, it didn't happen on my flight, but they have implemented at BA a trial. You know how they would usually tag your at the gate your um, your rucksack, your backpack with a yellow tag. Mm-hmm. Now they've changed. I mean, that's a trial there that is, I think, undergoing still. They will tag the carry-on, meaning that if you don't have access to carry-on, they will tell you, oh, sir, you don't have access, so you cannot tag, so we need to take it or something. I don't know exactly what they're trying. So they inverted yeah. the tagging system. So I'm wondering if that's a trial to see, is it working? And if that's working, maybe we can start saying, oh, with maybe some types of economy, you'll have to pay. I, I'm not sure. I'm just saying it could yeah. be something that will happen as well. I, so. I, I, I see that as the trend moving forward in Europe now. Um, in the U.S. has got similar type things in some regards. I've been I've been booking a lot of flights on U.S. airlines lately for the summer, but it's it's kind of frustrating. Um, I know that they all need to make money, but I think that the it means as passengers we all have to work a little bit harder when we're picking flights because yeah. we need to bake in all of those costs and figure out which is actually going to end up being worth it. And and some t- again, I didn't. I did only a few times with EasyJet recently. I booked a few f- flights coming up as well later in the year. Um, that pr- it's not hidden, but that price is not straightforward when you get to the website. I know that no. in the US, it's accepted. I mean, you don't have by law to put all upfront. I mean, there's there's something in Congress right now. I think they want to push for something to have like all the prices, the taxes, and whatever upfront. I, I thought the EU had something like that. Of course, the UK left the EU, but it feels like EasyJet. I'm not saying it's a dark pattern, but it feels that like EasyJet. You suddenly, oh, I don't have the carry-on, so now I have to add mm-hmm. it, and then you've already made part of the yeah. journey, and you're like, oh, what should yeah. I do now? I I, I Google Flights is my weapon of choice for the initial search and i i can't tell you if this is a feature of google flights or one of the many google flights chrome extensions i have installed oh yeah but it shows you uh with an i with an icon whether it is a not just a hand baggage only fare but a restricted hand baggage fare so you can see like Oh, there's a reason why that on the face of it looks like a good deal. It's because yeah. you have to pay just even to bring a, a, some hand luggage on, which is a, a useful piece of information when you're filtering through the initial results of a flight search. I think it's without, I think it's, it comes a default. I think, I think that one is not part of your flurry of <laughs> my, yeah, my, 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 I have the one that, you know, that shows you if it's a, what type of life life seat it is yeah, which me for too. Europe doesn't make any sense. I forgot yeah. the name of it. And and by the way, if I say the name of it, I will have to put in the show notes and I always forget. And then a lot of people complain that I mentioned something and we don't put in the show notes. So then um, just Google Chrome extension, Google flights, and you'll, you'll have plenty of them. Some are yeah. very useful. Some are very useful. So sorry, I interrupted your story. So you, EasyJet. Well, it's interesting. I was just thinking about it actually, because we had an early-ish flight. And so Greg and I both stayed uh, at Gatwick overnight. I stayed at the Premier Inn, which oh. is 
attached to the terminal. Well, actually, it's just across the street from the terminal. And Greg stayed at the Block Hotel, which is inside the terminal. Oh. There, and I've stayed there before. It's actually, it's really good. It's really convenient. Okay. Uh, and the Premier Inn is fine. It's, you, the Premier Inn is like the transient of transient populations because everybody's doing exactly what you're, you're there to yeah. catch an early flight the next yeah. day. And it's always heaving. There's always this nervous energy about it. There's a sort of anxiety slash excitement uh, yeah, yeah. concentrated that, you know, in the, in the lobby of the hotel, but it's perfectly comfortable and fine. And I, if you can get a good rate there, it's a, it's a, a it. really good okay. way to have to not, have to deal with an early morning morning drive but i perched myself in the lounge that i crapped on in the last episode of the old virgin <laughs> lounge um because uh, again and i'll come back to this if we have time and we cover another flight i did lately about the lounge situation at gatwick but the number one lounge was mm -hmm. again booking only oh. no walk-ins so too busy too busy so I went, I just went back up there and, you know, I, I had work to do. Greg came in uh, a little bit after me. This guy, I, let's talk about Greg for a second. This guy is pretty amazing. He was filming at the Albert Hall until 1 a.m. the night before. Oh, yeah. Got to the hotel at about 2 a.m. and was sat with me at 7.30, editing what he had filmed the night before to send away before he, uh, before he got on the flight. Yeah, he told me, I remember he told us when we were in junior, I'm like, wow. Yeah, that's the grind. That's dedication and also master of his craft. Yeah, it's a self-flagellation as well. Yeah, yeah, he's, a, he, and he's dedicated. He's because I remember he, he, he was trying to upload the final product at Geneva Airport. Yeah. Was it either at the airport itself or the train station? He, was, he had like this thing, like looking for Wi-Fi to just upload the final thing he had to send to the client. Yeah, he, he just wanted to get it off so uh, yeah. he could uh, yes. focus on the on the filming in Geneva and all of that. But then filmed in a full day uh, in Geneva, yeah, and we walked and walked and walked and walked and walked, and we you know went out to dinner and all that stuff. But yeah, that was it's pretty amazing. So he sat there and plugged in and edited while we uh, and it had the horrible coffee. Well, the one thing that I still can't get over, and this is in no way a judgment, it's just something I can't relate to in any way, shape, or form. Like I said, it was about seven in the morning. The amount of people that were two or three glasses of Chardonnay deep uh, is amazing to me. And again, I don't, I don't say that with any judgment uh, at all. It's, it's just not something I could do myself. No. And I, I'm like, wow, you, that's, you're going for it. I'm, in, I'm impressed. Yeah, it's, yeah. Paolo, you, whom you now met, and mm. uh, we mentioned him last Top time. Top guy. Yeah, he's, uh, he was telling me how he, I think they were going to Toulouse for the rugby, I think last weekend. And maybe I've got the story wrong, Paolo, but the, the crux of it is that it was super, super early at Gatwick. He knew the Wetherspoon. Mm -hmm. uh, he had like a 25-minute queue to enter it. Uh, Weatherspoon, for those who don't know, is a pub. I, they could build five pubs in that uh, terminal and do yeah. two terminals actually at Gatwick. It will be all full. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so people. I just, I, 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 I get the whole. You know, we're on holidays. We can let go, but I cannot do that at four, yeah. five, six. Eight. I can't do it either. I can't do it either. <laughs> on a layover. Like it happens. Yeah, sometimes I'm up to buy, especially. You know, I don't exactly know what time it is anymore, and I have another long flight to do. Yeah, of course, it could, it can be actually 
4 or 5 a.m. and I'll have a cup of champagne because my body doesn't know where it is anymore. On a departing journey, it's, no, it's too early. Yeah, yeah, it's it's too early for me too. It's not my thing. But I'm I'm always sort of weirdly impressed by 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 people who can do that. Uh, <laughs> but you know, the the Gatwick was busy. I think it was starting to come into um, half term for a lot of the schools. Yeah. So there was a a, a sort of the, the security was um, pretty hectic. I paid the five pounds to get the premium security because at Gatwick at this time of year, it's absolutely worth it. And it's, yeah. it's well run at the best of times. So you get through pretty quickly and I'm, I'm glad that I did it, but it's Gatwick is, as we've said, and people have probably observed a trend in, in our observations, it's finding its feet again. A yeah. lot more things are opening up. It still feels under construction in many of the terminals or many of the terminal spaces, there's still a lot of scaffolding and, you know, temporary facades and yeah. all of that. And they're opening like a, a breakfast club, which if you're from, you know, oh. London there, wow. it's a great little uh, chain of yeah. uh, diner type. The one in Clapham Junction is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it was a staple of mine for a long time when I lived in London. That, that is great. So that's very exciting that they're opening, but it still does feel quite, uh, you know, like a construction site and you have to lower your expectations to go in there. But we were, we had a, we had a gate. We had one of those weird gates that's uh, at the end of a pier and there's yeah. lots of sort of, there's lots of boarding areas interlocking. So it's not like you would expect in, in many airport layouts where you have a kind of a circle, if you will, at the end of a pier and gates going off yep. like spokes. These are sort of, there's one going that way and then there's one that sort of crosses, a, you know, and then there's one because some of them are bus gates and some of them are, are, have just been bolted on and you're kind of looking going, are those people on our gate or are they going on a different flight and people getting confused, but <laughs> they did this standard easy jet tactic of um, calling speedy border passengers, putting you in a pen and then sending you out onto the aircraft and then doing yeah. everybody else. But we were, we were boarded efficiently. We left on time. We didn't sit together. Greg and I never sit together. Uh, uh, not out of choice. It's just, we just do our own thing. And we, it was a very quick and easy flight down to, to, to Geneva, always beautiful scenery on the way down uh, <laughs> and landed. And I think uh, the first thing that I spotted, we came in, the quote unquote wrong way. So we didn't get any good views of the lake. Yeah, I was We're, telling you, uh, we're discussing yeah. for the show for Attaché. I was telling him, usually, I mean, of course, it's winds and everything and noise abatement. Um, you come from the northeast, thus, you have a view on both sides, actually. Usually, it's better, of course, to sit on the, the left side of the plane and you have the lake and you have Geneva on final and you see the Jet d'eau, the famous, you know, uh, water fountain. Um, sometimes you even do like you come uh, southwest and you do a turn above the lake to align with that northeast um, approach, and so you'll have a, like an even better view because you have both. If again sitting on the left, so but if you come the other way, <laughs> which is from the southwest, then uh, it's a bit more dull as a view. <laughs> Well, I think, yeah, I mean, it's less spectacular yeah, than less perhaps spectacular, you yeah. would have got, but it's still beautiful and there's mountains and 
lakes, little lakes and, and rivers and all of that. But we, we land, but, and the first thing that I noticed, and I sent you a message, uh, was that there were not one, but two yeah. UAE Dreamliners parked there. Yeah, the official, the government fleet. Yeah, I had no idea that they had one, let alone two, maybe even more Dreamliners, and they were both parked there uh, next to each other, uh, right as you ta- as you taxi into the terminal. It was some, um, yeah, wow. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'd never seen them. I, I arrived the night before, and I didn't pay attention. Probably, maybe they were not there. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd never seen the Dreamliners. I, I've seen, spotted a few, what was, what, what, what were they, in here in London. Uh, I remember seeing the, uh, is it the royal family or the, the, the kingdom, yeah. whatever. Uh, but yeah, two Dreamliners. Two Dreamliners. Uh, just maybe loads of cash or Rolex, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually looked when we came, when Megan and I came back through Geneva Airport, and one of them was leaving, taxied right past us. But I, that reminded me, and I looked online to see if i could see the interior um but oh, there, there were no, no there were no photos surprise i'm not i guess it's not that surprising but usually there's a little bit of humble bragging when it comes to those airplanes. <laughs> i think those those ones are based in abu dhabi yeah and they one of them was flying actually one of them was flying to nairobi oh yeah wow. um, maybe it's a tour of you know you never know yeah i'm sure official yeah, duties exactly and the other one uh, was still there by the time we left i don't know where we we did we did abu dhabi i don't know where it is in abu dhabi airport but i don't i know if you land at dubai airport you can see the vip royal terminal at the very end of one of the runways yeah uh, just go, go go on Google Earth, Google Maps, guys, and you can see it will be from that view will be on your, hmm, I guess, right? So east, I think mm. uh, that will be the, uh, you can see, it, it's, it, I think it's, it's even la- labeled on, on Google Maps. If it's not, add, add Parsons, make it label. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Ed, that's a good call. This should be like an overlay for, for us. Geeks. Yeah. geeks. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, so that was a, that was a cool thing. I'm always looking out for weird stuff like that, and even if it's like a you know an old A340 from an airline I've never heard of, like I, that's I still get excited about stuff Same. like that. Going, oh, that's weird, and then I of course go on Airfleets.net and look up who who's owned it, like in the past, this 34 year old underpowered a340 that's been with 16 different airlines and four <laughs> continents you know that i love that kind of stuff but we it's we were it's easy jet so we were bussed in and i really you know what i really don't mind buses unless as we said in the last episode you've got a connection yeah yeah, yeah. but i really don't mind it because you're zipping in and out of underneath airplanes and getting perspectives that you would absolutely not get if you were just going from a uh, a jet bridge into the terminal. Yeah. So I actually, I really don't mind, especially on a day like it was when we arrived, it was unseasonably warm and- Yeah, well, we're lucky for the filming, but it was, yeah, it was, we're talking here like a month ago, was it like the 15th of May or something? Uh, yeah, I think it yeah. was a month ago. Yeah, it, was, it was great because we had a great weather, honestly. That's where you see, you see, you, you see us in t-shirts in, in Geneva, yeah. which was, yeah, it was and, great, no, especially because it wasn't here, it was crisp. still winter in the UK, so it was kind of a good yeah. news for us. Yeah, yeah we were very lucky. It was funny because I I was kind of giving you you were waiting for us in the terminal, yep. and I was trying to give you a sort of yeah. hey, well, now we're here now we're here now we're here. We pulled up to the yeah. terminal the uh, in the bus and stopped and stopped and stopped and just waited. And then an announcement came, 
in French and then German and then in English saying, right now the terminal is too full to let you off. And I was like, that's not that good. I've never heard anything like that before. And I think we only waited oh, less than five minutes and the doors open. We all go through. But then the queue. <laughs> I know. Boy, the queue to get in Disaster. to the immigration hall was hundreds of people deep. And, and the E-gates were closed. The E-gates were closed. And I, I, I was continuing, continuing my running commentary to you. <laughs> and you said, they're, what did you say? That they're only for Swiss E? Yeah, for Swiss, for sure. And I think EU. Uh, so Britain being not part of the EU anymore, you, you couldn't. I had a very different, it's not because I'm Swiss, but when I went, there was no one. So it went very quickly. I, I haven't looked into it. Maybe it's the same understaffing that a lot of airports are experiencing. Um, but it felt, I mean, you waited yeah. a long time. I mean, they allowed me to take a few coffees I was very happy about. But, yeah. but I think it was at least an yeah. hour. It's crazy. Man. And there was a separate line for Swiss nationals. And even that, that was closed. We, we wait. I mean, every, everybody was reasonably patient. And actually, rather sweetly, there were a couple of uh, parents, you know, separate families, like with at least two young kids. And these were parents traveling by themselves, i.e. not with, with anybody else. They were alone. One, one parent, at least two kids. And after 45 minutes, these kids understandably you know young young toddler kids or babies were starting to lose their <laughs> patience and getting upset and you know what the seas parted and people just as a collective ushered them alex was there that's why no, i'm kidding yeah no, i'm kidding i mean well no they, i i it gave nice. me a little bit of faith in humanity because yeah. they just no one no one said they just sort of gravity pulled them to the front of the queue and no one was like, uh, what's going on here? Why? It was just like, yeah, of course, oh, people open tents of barriers, let them all through. Because, you know, it, I can't say it was an entirely selfless act, because what are you going to do? Let one person go in front of the queue? Or are you going to stand there and let a kid scream in your face for 35 minutes <laughs> on principle? Yeah. yeah. So it was nice to see that. And they, you know, we, we eventually got through the pro actual process of going through the immigration to the officer and having your passport stamp was like 25 seconds but as you just said they were they were very understaffed and they were slowly starting to bring more people in as we got through but then there we go there you are waiting for us and uh yeah on we went on we went i mean the rest is basically we recorded so you guys you can see it on the, on the youtube channel yeah, yeah from basically the moment we met you in the arrivals hall that and we the Started, cameras were rolling yeah exactly um like very um Guerrilla style, you know, no asking yeah, yeah. for anything, just going for it. It was great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but how did you get there? Yeah, so I decided to go the night, be the day before. So there's two two reasons. First, because of pricing. I mean, not like no, the first reason. Let's be clear. I hadn't been in Geneva in four years, so we're talking pre-COVID. Um, and I wanted to see some of my friends, and I said, okay, I'm gonna maximize the time with you when you're there. Also, because I just wanted to take you out. It's not even about just filming. It's just that it would be cool just to hang out anyway. So I went the night before so I could actually have a, a, a dinner with my uh, closest friends uh, whom I had seen for a while. And um, so, and also I looked at prices and exactly I was looking at EasyJet, obviously I was looking at Swiss, uh, only directed, you don't want to do like a layover to go, no, <laughs> to, go to Geneva. No. And BA turned out to be uh, the cheapest on the, 
but you know, leaving on a Thursday early afternoon and coming back the Monday, and not the first flight on Monday, like the 11 a.m. or something. So these are like less busy times. So that's why they were the less. You know, you, you go through the, all the options. And you look, okay, this is the less expensive, and overall it was less expensive. Swiss was, I would have loved Frank Swiss. To, we haven't flown in a while, but it was a bit too expensive. There's less flights as well. Uh, so I flew BA. Uh, the only, yeah, I will say the one thing that I regretted not flying Swiss um, was uh, besides having a, cheese, a board. cheese board like you had, uh, as you said in a previous episode, we'll talk about that a bit later. Uh, it was not to, uh, to be in an uh, A220 because I would, no, would, have, yeah. I would have loved being an A220. Anyway, so 320 by BA it was fine. But the way, so I, it was T5, uh, uh, Ethro T5. I hadn't been to Ethro T5 by... I use the tube because, you know, midday, no rush hour. Uh, so why not, you know, have time anyway. So I think the flight was at 3 p.m. or something like that. Uh, the reason I say that is because I go in the tube and, you know, I'm listening to, I don't know what I'm, anyway, I was doing my thing. And then suddenly, you know, the tube stops at some station and I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I'm, I've arrived. And, you know, I don't even think, I just go out and like, wow, that the T5 station is so amazing. It's changed completely. And I'm like, this is not T5, right? It's must, it took me like a bit of time to realize I was not at the right place. Oh, so you actually got off. I got off too early, basically. <laughs> I got off at T2, T2, T2. Oh my God. I'm like, what is going on here? Um, so I'm like, oh man, so stupid. But I had a lot of time. So I said, okay, I need to go. The reason I say that is because it allowed me to test something that I hadn't uh, yet. Um, I said, okay, so now how do I go from this bit to T5? I'm not going to walk, obviously. If you just look at where it is on the map, you cannot. And, yeah. and I'm not airside, so I don't have access to that, you know. And I'm like, hmm. And I follow the signs, and it leads you to basically take the Ether Express. But I'm like, I'm not going to yeah. pay for the Ether Express. But actually, there no, is no. Uh, at the gates, uh, because it says like transfers to T5. So it's very easy to follow. I just follow that. And there is next to the, the gates, the entry gates, uh, there is like a, a machine you press. It says free transfer, gives you a ticket for free. You scan the ticket uh, or you put it in the machine. I forgot uh, in the gates and it opens. And I got to the Ether Express, which is something I usually avoid like the plague because it's too expensive. So I'd rather expensive. use the Elizabeth line if I go from Paddington. But yeah, I, yeah. for me, it's still the tube is easier from where I live. Uh, the Piccadilly line. Anyway, it was very pleasant to be in uh, Ethro Express for once. Uh, and it uh, took me there like five minutes, even less. Just saying that it's very easy to transfer. I'd never realized. I was like, how? You know, there's two, I think, two um, ticket machines. And you just press a button. You don't have to enter any details, do anything. You just gives you access to that gate. So that's really great. That's really well done, honestly. I, I, I never realized how good it was. Yeah, but still, do not take the Ethereum. <laughs> No, no, it's such a ripoff. I go to T5, the first swing, so the dog check, the security is completely empty. I'm like, yeah, well, it's Thursday on a, at the 3 p.m. So, you know, of course, it's not a busy business time. There's no holidays, whatever. However, I get into the... I get into the, you might hear, guys, my cat mowing. I don't know if it's going to go through in the audio behind my door. I won't allow her in, but that you know that there's a reason. <laughs> if you hear it, I don't know if it's going to end up in the end product. Um, however, the, yeah, the, the first class Saint-Germain was completely packed. Like, uh, com like when I say I completely, I couldn't find a seat. I was walking and walking and walking and walking. 
And I ended up in the, you know, the, they call it the terrace, I forgot the name, you know, at the, at the tail end of it, when there's like, you oversee a bit of the security. So it's not, it's not a terrace, as if you're not outdoors, but you're like uh, outdoors, indoors. Um, in that yeah, bit. Yeah. And I found one seat and I'm, why was first wing? So I'm assuming a lot of people, silver, I don't know, a lot of people came from the airport from not the security anyway, was completely packed, which tells you that people first want to travel, that uh, EBA has a lot of people with status, including me, because after all, they, re they renewed me, so I'm not going to be uh, mad about it. But it was, yeah. So I, I cannot imagine how it is on a busy day, because if it's already busy on a not busy afternoon, it, I don't know. I, it was What I liked about it is that it, uh, I mean, you, I know you've been, but recently, before just before you lost your your gold, but it's basically back to 2019, everything. Yeah, yeah, So it feels that way. Yeah, right, it's just, uh, I. it was like late morning, I was really early, I told you guys, because nothing else to do, I said, I'm gonna enjoy a bit of the lounge. I, the pain chocolats are back, and it was really a nice pain chocolat, and I'm very tough on that. So it was, yeah, no, it was really, um, really, really nice uh, experience. And um, then I learned through Flighty, obviously, that uh, Flighty app, guys, I think we've said it a few times now, the plane is late. The incoming, the inbound plane is late from BA. It's coming from Naples, so probably got lost in road traffic in Naples. <laughs> An hour and 30 minutes. And it's funny because Flighty keeps adding time on the delay. And then suddenly I got a notification. Well, your plane is here. I'm like, how? And actually what had happened is that BA switched and they took an airplane that was just arriving from Dusseldorf. Uh, the Germans are probably better on time than the Italians. Oh, I'm, crap, I'm going to get for having said that. <laughs> and, and so... As an Av geek, it's fun. As a non-Av geek, you would have never known that your plane was late because it ended up not being late if you just, you know, it was on time at the end of the day because the inbound plane. But for me, as someone who, basically, Flighty has become my IFE for loungers, you know. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, I look at it all the time. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Was it, Go ahead. Was it Jason Rabinowitz? I think it was Jason Rabinowitz. Uh, I think he's at Airline Flyer on Twitter. He was talking about the... I think the burden of information or something like that. And it was exactly the point that you just made. Anybody else would have been utterly oblivious. They would have, mm -hmm. they would have thought I'm 100%. I'm on time and I've got no other information to tell me otherwise. We uh, geeks have all of this information available to us. And so we have knowledge like, Oh, it's going to be late. And what are the implications? Yeah. And Oh wait, yeah. no, it's not late. Yeah. So it's, it, you refer to it as the bird. I think it was the burden of information, but it was exactly what you were saying. It's exactly that. I think if I hadn't have, I wouldn't have not realized. And since flighty is the only one, because you know, um, TripIt and all the others, they just tell you about delay, the actual delay time. They don't tell you about where your inbound plate is. So they, they wait for the information from BA, from the airline to display a delay. Uh, yeah. So how, because it was really only flighty, and I didn't, you know, I, I didn't have any meetings or whatever. But it's true, he added stress that never actually existed because he switched. But it's still, so yeah, it's it's a perfect definition that he, he he gave there. I still, because I was not under stress, and like I just said, I was just it was just fun to see. I was like, oh well, yeah. where is it? And then, and then oh, it changed. Um, the plane was a four-year-old uh, three twenty, but it looked like it did. It was a 10 plus year old. I don't know. There was a lot of wear and tear. And I, I, I outside, inside, of course. Inside. Oh, inside. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if some of you simply because they were parked for too long, uh, had, because it really felt, 
you cannot be that young, I would say. Mm. Anyway, doesn't no, no big deal. I'm just mentioning because I think a few people I've seen in the... There's really guys, by the way, too many will go to feedbacks later, but there's so many people writing us that it's becoming... It's always been, but now this month, I, I just can't. So uh, I'm sorry if I don't mention all of you. Uh, it's, pos- it's just physically impossible unless we record for six hours, which will make some of you happy. <laughs> uh, the... Um, the yeah some people mentioned a few times that in other airlines you've seen the same like strange wear and tear uh and i'm wondering maybe someone knows if the fact that they were parked kind of added to it anyway uh yeah it was uh you know it was retrofitted with or fitted because it was four four years old in actuality there was wi-fi i tried it just to see how it how it works you know like um there was a there was a upgrade your next trip option which made me very, very curious. But however, it was the only option of all everything on that um, menu from your phone when you're on the BA Wi-Fi that didn't work. The URL wouldn't resolve. So I don't know what it actually means upgrade your next trip. I would have loved to know. <laughs> I was like, what is it? Um, is it even like Paramount Plus? I think we mentioned a few, more than a few episodes ago that you know they have a BA IFE as a... Uh, there's a partnership with Paramount Plus, which is one of these streaming services. Um, Rabbit Hole is a great series on it, by the way. Um, there are some stats as well as some, some kind some kind of moving map, but the stats felt very static. I was like, no, there's no way that the flight is consistently exact same speed. Every time I would check, it would be. It felt a bit too static for it to be live stuff from the aircraft. I'm wondering if it. I'm not saying it's just a screenshot of uh, the same one that. They pretend it's something live, but I'm sure the refresh must be very low on the data incoming from the aircraft. That's what I would say. Um, USB-A, I'm a USB-C guy, but USB-A to see. No, it was good, honestly, and BA was good. There was no recognition, but I, like we said many, many, many times, I don't care as in, in short haul at all. I just want to get there. The, the crew was smiley. The voice, it was a very nice mood. I don't know. The, the, the plane was packed, right? It was really, ex- it was excellent. So nothing to report, like nothing extraordinary happened, unless you call BA being good extraordinary, but it's, that would be unfair. I think it, it was really, really good. No, really, uh, I was like, you know, a kind of flight I would have taken in 2018, 2017 that was just normal, which uh, nowadays maybe is because we're in a new normal. I don't know. It just it just felt great. So I'm very happy about PA. And me arriving at uh, Geneva Airport, I didn't have the view either, so I also landed the wrong way, like you said. Uh, I was very curious because they have the new gates. So they just opened a new set of gates. They built, uh, it's called Gates C. And that's where you arrive if you're from an international flight, like long-haul flights. And that's also where you arrive from non-Schengen uh, in Europe, which basically is <laughs> the UK. Uh, which is still, you know, London is, is the most uh, travel destinations from Geneva Airport. So that's the biggest uh, route in passenger traffic. And uh, yeah, I had the complete opposite, maybe because it was a Thursday afternoon, but complete opposite of you. No one, like not a single person. The e-gates were working. But even the the queue for non uh, EU slash Swiss citizens was empty, and people were going. So again, just draw the luck, which is why when the next day I met you, I came on time. I'm like, I'm, of course, flighty, because you can track friends' flights on flighty. I tracked yours, uh, and I said, oh well, they'll be on time, and they'll clear that in five minutes. And now you clear that in eighty. 
yeah, it did take a while. But you're right, it is the luck of the draw, isn't it? Because, you know, it depends on the staffing situation, it depends on uh, which flights arrived before you, That that all that stuff. So yeah, and nothing you can do about it. There's no point in getting angry. But I'm very happy of the E-Gates. It's the first time I tried, I mean, it's, I think it's the first time that Geneva Airport had E-Gates, they were not installed before. They're the same ones you find in uh, Munich and Frankfurt, so they're clearly the same manufacturer. So it's one of those when you, you know, you first scan your passport, it opens the first gate, then you are into the, kind of between two gates, yeah. does the facial, thing biometrics and opens a second one it's really fast really 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 fast yeah. uh, because london you know it's the opposite london you enter you put your passport you like you have only one set of gates if you want you know yeah and, yeah so anyway it just worked and then we did that um attache it was fun really <laughs> i don't think people just watch the videos and the video and if you you'll see that we had fun because it's pretty pretty yeah. fun oh for sure that comes across now no doubt about it. Including the very expensive chocolate. A lot of people reacted on that. <laughs> they did, yeah, yeah. Guys, <laughs> I took, it was really the top end, high-end chocolate. They're also like less expensive, including the, the garbage bins we, we ate as well. They're way less expensive. Those are delicious. But yeah, of course, we had to, not every single box of chocolate is that price, guys. That's just, but Geneva still is very ex expensive. Um, I'm gonna do the re yeah I'm gonna do the return and then you um, can also talk about your return the um, yeah for, uh, yeah I, I need to mention because man the, everybody now is gonna call it that Paul Pass uh, travel pass or something Paul Pass yeah <laughs> uh, the there's it used to be that when you arrive at the belt at the very end just before clearing customs uh, there was a machine that gave you a free ninety minute full access to public transport because of that new system of receiving an email that gives you access to directly um, rights to use transport if you have a hotel they remove that machine uh, so there's no if you don't have a hotel and i think airbnb works as well that system that you mentioned in the video so having like a free access for all public transport in geneva uh, as a as a visitor uh, because of that system, they removed the simply, I would, you know, I was not a, I would usually go sleep at my dad's. So I would just use that 90 minute to get to central. So that's not possible anymore. You know, I just wanted to men mention that. Yeah. They have, um, in the, in the, the baggage claim, like you said, there's a, there's a ticket machine yes. for trains, and there's a big sign <laughs> on it now saying, <laughs> Mm -mm, no we more no more but again no and more. it's really well done the fact that we, anyway so that's that's in the video look at attache i think it's not so the return um was on a monday so i left after you because i think you left on the sunday if i'm not mistaken but anyway the point is the security at geneva airport is still kind of badly designed but it's monday noon so there's very few people it's fast I had access to the fast track because called at PA. Uh, there's no more shoe removal because they used to sometimes ask you to remove the shoe. I guess if you, of course, have like boots, whatever, they will. Uh, I was way too early because, you know, again, I hadn't been in four years. So now in every airport that I haven't been post since COVID, I just don't know if I have to be very early to avoid queues and maybe understaffing and all that. So I was, I need to go, I need to go, I need to go. And then I was like four hours early, man, uh, which... For science, I've allowed me to see a lot of stuff about Geneva Airport that I've changed. Um, the BA Lounge, although BA flies from these new gates, C gates, the BA Lounge is still just after security. So meaning you go to the BA Lounge and then you still have to clear passport control to go to your gate. 
which is fine. I'm just saying that it's something that you should pay attention to because it's not post-passport control. Uh, the BA lounge is okay at Geneva. It hasn't changed much. It's, uh, the seating is a bit stiff, whatever. Uh, uh, the pain au chocolat is just adequate. I wouldn't say it's more than that. <laughs> um, so I decided to go. So I stayed like 10 minutes. And I'm like, you know what? There's new lounges, priority price lounges in that new set of Seagates. I've never seen them. They looked cool on the arrival, but uh, the, the whole design of the building. I went, the passport control was super fast. The Seagates the were closed, but there were very few people. They were like, the queues both for Swiss, other passports, whatever, they were all empty. So it went super fast. And I had to, I really had a proper look at the sea, this new Seagate. Uh, the reason that, for instance, EasyJet doesn't, use them is that I think it's how they can remain low cost. That's why they use buses and you know, bridges, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's how, so you, you go on a remote stand and the bus takes you directly to that passport control thing. You're not really into the Seagates, even if you are um, geographically, <laughs> but BA pays. So you have access to those. Yeah, it's um, it's a plan since the 70s, man, they'll have those gates. There was like a temporary thing that was built in the 70s that really was really badly done. And then we thought we would have it, I say we as a Geneva, and we thought we would have it a new bit in 1990, and then it didn't happen, and there was like a vote, and people didn't like it, and blah, blah, blah. It took forever and basically opened in December 2021, finally, uh, because Geneva Airport has like 15 million passengers a year, and that's its current numbers. I think this is not pre-COVID. Uh, I'm not sure, though. Uh, which, for a city of half a million, is really like a 30x a factor so it's because of the united nations because of the banks because of a lot of people going to ski uh, during the, the winter so the multiplication between the size of the city the south of the airport is pretty big so they needed a little bit of extra gates also for bigger aircrafts we you know united goes to newark and i think uh dallas so dc you have delta you have air canada air canada you know air canada is like they go to montreal why it's, it's I, i'm sure it's the ayata aikao flight right Oh, uh, I don't know what happened there. Sorry about that. That was weird. Technology is such a bunch of crap. Guys, I just edited something out, guys. Uh, Alex was having uh, microphone issues because he's, uh, because of the heat, he went into a loungy position to talk to me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened there. That, that was weird. Yeah. Uh, so, where was I? Yeah, anyway, the new Seagates, uh, the building is really cool. It's very Swiss design. It resembles a bit what you have in Zurich. You have the um, inverted V shape. What I really liked is that each set of gates, because it's really like a corridor. Corridor is not a corridor, but it's like it's 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 a concourse. That's the right term. That's just you just walk straight to. There's no like a satellite or like it's really one narrow rectangle uh, because it didn't have like a lot of room to build it. Uh, because as you say in Attaché, the airport, Geneva Airport, is completely stuck against the, the border with France. So there's no there's no room. And each set of gates has an its, its own kind of color scheme. So there's yellow, there's blue, there's red. So it's pretty, it's very easy. It's very, honestly, it's very nice. It's not big, guys. I'm not here talking about an extension a la midfield terminal in Abu Dhabi or the new uh, extension at uh, Hong Kong airport, but it's, it, it feels modern. It's very nice. And because I had time, I said, for science, I'm going to check the two lounges we have access to with Priority Pass. Um, there's one called the Crystal Lounge by Aspire, which is run by a Swiss sport. Uh, it's Priority Pass, so you pay, I think, around 40 bucks. 
uh, it's where the color scheme, I just mentioned, you know, uh, the color scheme of the, the gates, uh, that's how I located uh, green. It's pretty cool. He has very cool views of uh, front to ceiling, uh, apron views. So you see a few aircrafts. Uh, the food is a bit lacking, but it, it, was a, it was a nice lounge. And one thing I really love, I mentioned that earlier, USB-C. There's USB-C. Mm. I can put my USB. This is also USB-A, guys, but the USB-C. I'm like, finally, an airport that gets it. <laughs> um, and the other lounge is Marhaba East Wing not to be uh, mistaken for the other Marhaba that Geneva already has, which is in the other side. Um, it's a bit harder to find, and it's in the yellow thing. It's also accessed with uh, the yellow part of these, the gates. I didn't like the seating as much, but they have lockers, which is very nice. Um, and they have some lounges if you want to take a nap. Food was a bit lacking. The view's a bit less good than the first one, the Crystal Lounge. But yeah, so nice. It's nice to have options. So guys, I don't know if you commute to Geneva, I don't. It's probably one of these two lounges that are used by Etihad, Emirates, and Qatar yeah. when they uh, fly to Geneva. I saw there was a, a Dreamliner by Delta that was there, I think it was going to GFK. There was the Air Canada, the Montreal, the Montreal route, the Akao Ayata route. That, That's I so funny, that, isn't it? Yeah, that was uh, there. There's, guys, there's also like, you know, Royal Jordanian, Kuwait Airways, and Etihad, like I just mentioned. There's like lots of airlines that, that go to Geneva. It's not... I was trying to understand if a, a 380, I mean, there's no reason for a 380, because Geneva, um, the runway was qualified in 2010 as one of the emergency runways for the 380, because it's not only the longest runway in Switzerland, mm. but it's one of the longest runways in Europe. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's what I had read back in the day. So it's a diversion airport for the 380. So they did a test. Uh, I was living in Asia back then, but they did a test when they landed the 380 to see how it, you know... I've understood that although there's no double-decker bridges, a 380 could actually be at those new gates. But <laughs> if it were to, on pushback, it would just block taxi. So it's not very reasonable to, for the whole time oh, it would actually push back, no other planes could move. Which is so it's not really made for 380, I don't think. Plus, the 380 is not being produced anymore. But I was curious, I had too much time on my hands at Geneva Airport when I was <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no, so it's nice, and you know, it's one of these airports you see. You saw the, the government of uh, UAE having their planes. I remember as a kid, I saw Air Force One there because you know, Reagan and Gorbachev met in Geneva in the, the 80s. I saw the Roger Federer plane, I saw other planes from royal families and you know, uh, other governments, and so it's yeah. It's nice. It's a fun views you can you can see. And back to BA quickly because it was also also a very good flight. Um, I don't like flying short haul, man. I just don't like flying short haul. As in, no, neither do I. The amount of stress. Neither do I. Oh, no, stress is a big nah. The amount Faff. of faffing around mm -hmm. for just an hour flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'm like, oh my god. Whereas you leave for eight hours, that same amount of faffing around at least gets you eight hours when you're sat. Um, but BA was, again, similar, nice, people were friendly, crew was friendly, no recognition again. The only thing that I sometimes dislike, and you mentioned that with EasyJet, your flight, is that they do this thing called, yeah, we can board it. And then you go and stop and go mm -hmm. and stop in the bridge forever. And it was very hot, as you remember, so the bridge, you know, of course, there's no air conditioning in that bridge, like in the Middle East, so it's like, why can we just not board 10 minutes later? Is that just to say that we're not late? You know, I'm like, yeah. So you go and stop and go and stop forever. But then everything was fine and we arrived on time. So look, great BA experience. 
Well, and I'm I'm so happy to hear that it's becoming the norm and not the exception. Oh, was your flight back? Yeah, we it was good. We, we um, Megan joined us yes. uh, later on in the in the shoot, and she and I then spent a day and a night in Lausanne, which was lovely. And we took the train directly from Lausanne on Sunday morning to the airport, which is so easy to do. Yeah. The the train system and uh, not just to the airport, but and my limited experience in Switzerland is, is great. So it was, it was nice to be able to do that. We've, uh, we flew back on, on EasyJet. And what I, I struggled to find the lounges that you were talking about in Terminal 1 as well. Like the one that I could get access to or actually wanted to get into was the, the um, Marhaba Lounge. Yeah, the other one. Yeah. And they have two, like you say. Yep, yep. And it's sort of... Yeah, he didn't. I know. You yeah, you go upstairs and into this corner, and you think, "I feel like I'm going to like administrative offices. Yes. This doesn't feel right." <laughs> but you have to you have to be you know confident. And at the back is this is this tiny little lounge, not tiny actually. It's not that's not fair. This tucked away lounge. The the uh, people at the desk were incredibly friendly, oh. uh, just really welcoming. And I guess there's a bit of confusion that happens because. There, are, because there are two lounges, and Qatar Airways passengers are only allowed in one of them, oh. and it's not the one that we were going into. Oh yeah, of course. They have to send people over to the to the other one. But when we were in there, we were the only people in there for most of the time. Oh, nice. There was one other uh, couple in there, young child in there, and other than that, it was just us. And the views are. It's interesting because there's like this platform in front of the of the lounge that's got um you know air conditioning ducts and ventilation and wiring and everything but it's also manicured with shrubs and everything and you just look go can you get out there you very obviously can't but it's it's beautifully done and then you're looking out over the runway and onto um the private terminals Yes, uh, and the, where a lot of the helicopter activity yes. is, so that was that that was that was neat to see, and the amount of private jet traffic going in and out. I was of I was about I'll interrupt your story here yeah. because you said Terminal One because indeed there's a Terminal Two which is the old Terminal Two is what was the main terminal until I think it was built in just after the war and stayed until the 60s 70s or something. It's um, if you are a Tintin, Tintin fan, you know, the, mm. the comic book, if you, the, in the Calculus Affair, uh, Affaire Tournesol in French, the Calculus Affair, you can see actually Geneva Airport, and that's the currently Terminal 2, which they, there's, there's no bridge, whatever, it's very old-fashioned, but they only open it during ski season to alleviate, because there's so many people, so there, it could be that if you land a ski season with EasyJet especially, you might arrive in the very old airport. There's almost no amenities, but it's just like a, a, really? a way to alleviate the... Yeah, so it's really fun to be in, a, in the that. old, old, old airport, which I remember barely as a kid, because I think when I was very, very little, it was still the main one. And then... Um, then there's a the private terminal, so it's not Terminal 3, but there's a private terminal, like you said, it's opposite the, the mm-hmm. runway. Um, and that I flew there twice. Yeah, I flew private, I know. Uh, there's like a, a lot of not only private companies that are located there, private jet companies, but also it's where, you know, the very wealthy, I guess, you how did you call them? Douchebag with Rolexes? <laughs> in your show? This is how they, this is how they arrive. Um, it's, I've been there, as I said, twice. I've been once it was to Valencia to see the America's Cup. 
that's a sailing competition, you know. And the other mm-hmm. time was a. Fr- uh, it was during the the life of this podcast. I think I said that I was flying through a friend that is very wealthy and said, "Oh, you want to go back to London? Here's a, uh, my jet." I'm like, "What? Okay, why not?" Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna say no and, to that. Uh, but you know what? There's something about. We're not going to do that today. But there's something about. I was I was thinking. Yes, you feel like a bowler when you fly private, and I'm sure, and I hope that some of you guys have done it once. But that I, it's almost as if since it's so quiet and you don't have to beat the time, there's mm-hmm. no fast track or whatever, because anyway, you're on your own and you fly whenever you want. There's less that feeling of being a bowler because at the end of the day, there's no comparison. When you are, whether it's speedy boarding on EasyJet, whether yeah, you have yeah. like fast track access. There's no right? differentiator. Yeah, exactly. You feel, I know it's stupid because <laughs> no, I'm not no, here no, saying like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a better person. I'm a VIP. Look, you're not. <laughs> but at the same time, there's a always a comparison. Uh, whereas there, it's like, yeah, guys, you want another coffee? You want to go? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not the owner of that aircraft, so I'm just gonna follow whoever said. But it's yeah. uh anyway, yeah. So opposite, and then then I need to 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 get back to the story. But yeah, it's uh that's that's it's a pretty nice uh, little terminal uh, for um for private jets. Anyway, so you were looking at that. Yeah, yeah, it was neat to see that and. Um all the traffic coming and going, the helicopters coming and going from across wherever they were, they were coming from. We, uh, could go to the Mont Blanc with the helicopter from there, actually. Yeah. You know, I looked into it, uh, and it's eye wateringly expensive because sometimes we, we use helicopters for our, for our shows, but you know, and I've stumbled across all of those, uh, sort of, I wouldn't call them fares because they're they're ad hoc, but yeah. it was yeah, it was eye wateringly expensive, thousands of euros. <laughs> um, what I, that terminal is interesting because it to get from where we were in the lounge, you get routed through this weird warren of shops and yeah. and eateries. It it feels like a like a an old Hong Kong shopping mall, yeah. like really tight <laughs> corridors, low ceiling. Glass fronted shops. That's true. I never thought. Now that you say it, I will never be able to not see that. You know what a bit I'm talking about? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, of course. <clears throat> and there's chocolate shops and Rolex shops and the usual uh, Swiss things. The usual, the usual stuff. And you and you pop out into this quite quite tight rotunda almost, where you have to go in various directions depending on where your gate is. We and this has been my experience almost exclusively flying EasyJet out of Geneva. There's this weird circular terminal where you have to go underground yeah. to but, get there yeah i think that was a bit like paris it was the uh like charles de gaulle it was this because it was probably built in the 60s or 70s it was you know the jet age and so you would like there was of course less security all that stuff you know mm-hmm. it was much easier so yeah the idea would you would have these uh islands on the air on the apron and there's like yeah. two of those the one you mentioned you have to go like you said down underground and you go back up and you appear overground in a yeah. circle type of thing with multiple bridges uh it's 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 fun it's not made for today's world because it's something's very crowded but yeah it's, it's yeah it's very it's very 60s i love yeah. it and it's not far from the terminal None. but what's interesting about it is that Unlike just every other terminal experience I can think of, you are at ground level. You're at tarmac level. Yep, absolutely. And when the, so the planes come in, I think there's maybe three or four gates. Four at least. There. Four, yeah. yeah. At least four. And there's a couple of like little um, kiosks for food and everything. Yeah. Megan and I got sandwiches and just 
sat there eating and waiting for the plane to arrive. The plane pulls up and you're at wheel level. So it's yeah. actually quite good fun. And to, to board, you're walking up. Mm-hmm stairs I to the that. gate level or yeah. to the air to the bridge level to get on the airplane yeah. so it's it's a it's a kind of an unusual perspective yeah. that you get from those those gates which i really rather enjoyed oh that plane even if it's a 320 or a 737 you're like wow it's big yeah it's really- oh yeah <laughs> that that struck me recently when i you have to have that perspective to really get a sense of scale yeah. compared to yourself you know yeah when you exactly. put it next to a, a an air a 380 you're like okay it's tiny but when you're standing there it dwarfs you and it's rather yeah. it's, it's nice to have that perspective but it's it's it, the one thing uh, that they hadn't perhaps considered when they built those things when the weather is hot it turns into a greenhouse yeah so it was warm in there yeah and we we both had speedy boarding, but there was not the queue discipline that I have come to uh, love and appreciate in Geneva is not Switzerland. I mean, you have one comment yeah. on your video. I mean, we, we talked about it. it's not in your attaché episode, but Genevans are it's like a bit Parisian. Like I think that's what he says. Like Parisians in France or. It's like you guys are not really Swiss. You guys are all over the place. You guys are some some even people call us in Switzerland. Like you're French. I remember that uh, when I was living briefly in Costa Rica, we had a professor of. Uh, so I was learning Spanish, but the prof- since he was a professor at university, he loved to engage in debates with us. And one day he said um, to all of us, like, if you had a part of your country that you would simply expel, which one would it be? And um, knowing what would, because there were a few Swiss in the audience, knowing what would happen when my turn was, I decided to expel the entirety of Switzerland besides Geneva because, because I knew that, and that exactly what happened, all, literally all of the Swiss that were not from Geneva said, yeah, Geneva is not really Switzerland. Mm. So yeah, we are not, we can be arrogant bunches. We're like, we're not, we're not the best. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the nationality or disposition of these people was. We don't have that discipline that you might see in Zurich Mm -hmm. or it's more Latin. It's more like French or Italian, not that French or that Italian, but it's a bit more, it's messier. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So I'm not surprised at all that the queue wouldn't work. (laughs) So yeah, I mean that wasn't the end of the world because yeah, we're all no. in the same place, right? You know, so we. Re- re- one of the things that's nice about basically everywhere except the UK is that liveatc.net worked. Mm-hmm. So I was able to board, and um, Megan plugged into one of her podcasts or mu- music or whatever she was she was doing, and I, of course, had flight radar up on my phone, and I was listening to her traffic control. And it's interesting what what strikes me, and I shouldn't be surprised by this, but the controllers switching effortlessly between French and English. Mm -hmm. Um, Not necessarily with the same airplane, uh, airplane, but just, you know, I'm going to talk to you in English, I'm going to talk to you in French, and and everybody's clear as as day. But it was a very easy flight back to Gatwick and and through. So, uh, yeah, it was a nice, nice experience. I still... I still need to do the maths on whether or not it's good value. From a convenience perspective, mm-hmm. I will suck it up. If it's if the numbers are even remotely close, Scott is going to win every time for me. Yeah, same. And I just don't I, – I did a trip recently where I was looking at BA, and I was like, can I be faffed to go out and maybe take a whack? Even, even retaining silver is looking sketchy for me this year. I'm sure yeah. I'll do it, but I'm not – I'm not going, oh, you know, of course I'm going to default to Heathrow and BA. Not that I am I'm mad with BA or anything like that. It's just, 
is it really worth my time chasing this status? Yeah, I'm the same. So I'm going to maybe be soft lending to silver because there's no way. I'm looking at my forecasted flights. Is that a thing? Um, yeah. No, there's no way I'm going to yeah. keep up. Um, but yeah, for me, Ethro and, and, and Gatwick are equidistant, although I think I go slightly faster to Gatwick. And I just overall prefer it. For me, it's still, I chose Ethro this time because I had no choice. And BA was cheapest and, you know, was midday, so no traffic and took the, the tube, as I told you. But yeah, it just, uh, but look, it was, BA was nice. You know, it's like, gave me, I hope is a bit, <laughs> but I was like, okay, fine. You know, if it's if it's like that, which is nothing to write home about, but in a good way, you know, like, it worked, was on time, people were nice and smiley, there was no drama, there was no nothing, and, and I arrived on, and, and everything just worked. I'm like, this is what I want in a European flight, like in a short haul-ish, I don't want anything else. I think culturally, I think something has clicked inside of BA. I think that, I think maybe while they were, you know, ignoring the IT systems completely, <laughs> that they were focusing entirely on culture. And I, I did talk about this, and we have talked about this at length, that Culture is something that has to happen at a genetic level, and it takes a long, a long time yeah. to fix it. And maybe we're starting to see the fruits. I mean, Hopefully. I don't know if this is an appropriate juncture to to mention this, but I, uh, how was it? Was the quickest way to tell this story? I'm flying with my kids to the U.S. this this summer, and it's complicated because. I fly them out there and their mother flies them back. Mm -hmm. So there has to be three separate bookings. There has to be my booking, their mother's oh. booking, yeah. and then the kids booking. Yeah. And you can't book kids uh, online. You have to call them and, and do that. And yep. that that process took a while, but the, the lady I spoke to was just effervescent, bubbly, fun, you know, lots of banter, lots of, but getting the job done at the same time. And what you want. And really fun. And I had booked mine and she took care of that. I had realized weeks and weeks later that there was a disconnect on the dates. Oh. Uh, there was a, a 24 hour disconnect. Again. And not, not everything linked up. This is what you've done last time. Again, you've booked like a wrong date or something. <laughs> yeah. This wasn't my fault this time. <laughs> no, thank no. God. But it was, um, it was an easy mistake to make. And I was like, okay. This is, and you you can't change. I couldn't change my ticket online because I'm going into one airport and out of another. I can't change the kids' bookings online. So I called BA and I said, uh, "Look, this is the situation. I need to change my kids' flight by a day." And she, I was like, "Okay, let me look at it." And 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 she said, "Okay, well, it's it's only going to be." Um, hundred pounds oh. uh, to, you know, there's no fair difference. It's going to be a hundred pounds. To, and I was like, okay, that's not the end of the world. It's, it was an honest mistake. It's no one's fault. And she's like, okay, so the, the total price will be 450 because it's three kids plus the, the phone yeah. booking fare or something. Um, plus, you know, this or that or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, that's an, that's a lot of money. I mean, is there anything you can do? I, I, I feel like an idiot, you know, and she goes, can I, can I put you on hold? And she comes back uh, maybe 20 minutes later, she put me on hold for a good 20, 20, 25 minutes. And she comes back and she's like, uh, it's, it's actually going to be 75 pound credit. 
huh? to you. So can you give me the credit card you booked the card with, the flight with, and I'll and I'll give you the seventy five pounds. I'm like, well, hold on, what? Wow. And she's like, well, the fare on on the on the, the day you want to fly is actually seventy five pounds less total than the original fare. And I was like, but what about the other thing? She's like. And I, I hope I'm not getting anybody in trouble by mentioning this or letting a, a cat out of the bag. But she said, we have a fund available to us, a discretionary fund wow. that we can use in situations like this. And I had to, I'm, the reason I kept you on hold for so long, and I'm really sorry about that, is I had to go through a few uh, approvals to get it. But yeah. we are able to do this. It was my pleasure to do it. You wow. were really nice to talk. And I was like, I was genuinely touched that she had gone through. I didn't yes. ask for it. I didn't say, don't you know who I am? I just said, I've, there's been a mistake. It's probably my fault. I feel like an idiot. Can you help me out? And she went above and beyond. And I was like, this is, this is good customer service. Yeah, this is exactly. This down. Uh, first of all, I had no idea that it, just having in the first place, a disc discretionary, yeah. fund is amazing it's, and then yeah. thinking yeah that's and give them you know the frontline uh, employees give them freedom to say okay yes. oh I relate and empathize with that situation of that dad it's complicated enough let's make a gesture that's exactly what you want that's exactly what gives yeah. you hope gives you uh, this feeling of uh, I'm going to use again empathy with, yeah. with the brand with the airline because I the, the airline that I prefer, the airlines that I prefer, that I love endearingly, and that includes Emirates, for instance, is because every single time I had an issue and I called them, it was not only that they got shit done, yeah. to put it, it's the way they've done it. The way yes. they try to go, like you said, above and beyond. It doesn't always work, but the fact no. that they try, the fact that they're willing, the fact that they're, you can hear the smile on the phone, yeah. Or on DMs, like on Twitter DMs, because BA, for instance, is very yeah, good, really good on, at that, on, on, yeah. on. That's what makes you know me like an airline more than the seat or the yeah. quality of the oh, beef sure. or whatever, right? And it's it's a relative. I mean, compared to those things, it's a relatively cost-effective way to do it, and it's such an easy way. It's so low. I mean, Apple are the ones that have figured this out. You put the power to make a, a decision, yeah. a call. In the hands of the of the person that can actually, yeah. you know, is dealing with the customer. There's no 100%. approval required. So anyway, kudos to BA. There's definitely change afoot. I know they've had some absolute horror shows with IT lately. Yes, again, again and again and again and again and again, and they're they're reaping. I, I I'm sure I'm sure that they know this is all going on. I'm sure that they're undoing years of poor choices to try and fix it. Yeah, uh, but I think whatever they're doing from a customer service perspective, you're there's it's starting to bear fruit. Yeah, so keep going. Yeah, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about BA later. I mean, I'm looking at the clock. We'll see what we can achieve. Otherwise, like as, as always, we'll keep some of the notes for the the the, the, the following time. I wanted yeah. to mention before we move on to a few feedbacks. I wanted to a few. There's more than a few. I wanted to mention that we were both lucky not to experience the French ATC strikes, which are ongoing and forever ongoing and seem yeah. to be having going since I was born. Uh, <laughs> but they are very disruptive. And the reason I wanted to mention them is because there was a plan at some point. So Geneva Airport, the, the tower, tower, has part of the French territory under its control, obviously, because, you know, yeah. as you say in the video, and as we said now, the airport is... There was even, like, to build the end of the runway... 
there was an exchange of uh, territory. So France gave a little bit of uh, a bit of France to Switzerland, and Switzerland gave a little bit of Switzerland on the uh, on the other side of Geneva to France in order to being able to actually put that airport snug against the border. And um, there was a plan at some point to have so Euro control to have a lot of ATCs based in Geneva. Some of them are, are by the way, but based in Geneva and. If, one of the biggest holdback was union, unions. The French union said, you know, but if we put them in Switzerland, it won't beat French law, and then uh, they won't have less workers' rights. I'm, I'm over simplifying sure, the entire sure. debate. But that's uh, that would have been a, maybe a good way to avoid strikes. Yeah. But anyway, a, I'm not making a call. I'm just saying it's an interesting fact because of the position of Switzerland and Geneva in the internet, it just geographically, it's very central for Western Europe. So it makes sense that a lot would be dealt from there. Um, and there is, you can, I don't think you can visit your control, but well, maybe you can. And uh, it's next to the airport. So anyway, that was, uh, but we were lucky not to have because it's been, yeah. and it continues to be very disruptive in European skies uh, today. Um, to the point, I think Michael O'Leary, the CEO of um, Ryanair said that, uh, yeah, we keep talking about, you know, flyers rights in terms, you know, the compensation system. What about our rights against the French ATC, the French strikes yeah. that, that forces to, uh, you know, stop flying? Maybe as a, maybe as a point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be some kind of service level agreement, right? Yeah. Because it's not cheap. You have to pay for that as an airline. You pay yeah. for the navigation uh, infrastructure. Yeah. So a few reviews, uh, all five stars, if you guys are being too kind with us. Um, Holtender underscore 1874, long-time listener, rare reviewer, which should il illustrate just how highly I think of this podcast. Far and mm -hmm. away one of the most consistent, are we? Yet varied <laughs> and truly informative shows around casual mix of unique insights, perfect balance of facts, useful tips. Have geek humor, knowledgeable guests. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, yeah. The guests usually outshine us. You're being very nice, you know. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's. A, he says it's a welcome additional to my flight bag. Whatever a new episode drops, a long mate continue. Dan, thank you, wow. Dan, very much for that wow. review. It's very kind. Uh, I know that it's a bit self-serving to do to do reviews for those who don't know the show, but I we love to acknowledge people that yeah, take the time to do them, the which time. is why exactly. I mentioned them too. So it's yeah. not like, oh, we're so great, but we like to mention uh, a lot of you. You take the time to do them, so that's why. Ayatis uh, from Canada, just want to say thanks for another round of ent entertainment. And he listened intently to episode 126, Madrid, while enjoying the perks and features of ANAF, so first class oh, from ORD to uh, Haneda. You, you're very lucky, bastard man. <laughs> wow. Yeah, very lucky. I, you, you're, you're, you're going to Japan. I'm not still not. Yeah. No, I'm very jealous. Um, love those guys from Middle Class Buzz 2015 from the US. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was supposed to be funny, but it made me laugh. <laughs> Podcast fantastic. I don't mind that it runs a bit long sometimes as it only drops once a month or, or so. Just lots of great aviation nerdery from two people who really know their stuff. Do we? You know, <laughs> what is, what, you know how some of the podcast apps tell you how frequently uh, a, a podcast comes out? Like some of them are so consistent, they even say the day of the week it's being released. Yeah. Ours says, I'm looking at it right now. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, it doesn't say at all. Oh. It's just like, it, there just should be a whenever they feel like it. Like it, yes. That's a bit true. And like, oh my God. Yeah, we used to be way. <laughs> I, I used to, I use often Overcast. It's a it's an app on Apple. I think that's what I use. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and sometimes it says bi-weekly, whatever. Yeah, oh, mm -hmm. I didn't realize it says nothing now. Um, another uh, Jaya, do I pronounce that correctly, from uh, in RDU from the US. Hi, Paul and Lennox. Uh, you guys have slowly come back to traveling in this post-COVID era. Same here. He discovered our show five years ago. It's been one of my go-tos on my long plane rides. Is based in RDU, obviously, uh, where half of my team is, while the other half of my team is based in Tokyo. Mm. And my boss is based in London. So my most frequent travel pattern is Raleigh, so RDU, uh, Raleigh Durham, Haneda, and our, uh, Raleigh wow, to London, uh, Heathrow, plus other destinations, mostly in APAC. So you got, you, man, you have a, a crazy commute. That's, yeah, Dar uh, Raleigh Durham to. Tokyo, that's a long way. That's a long way. Like in New York a, via New York? Yeah. I don't know what you uh, I'd be very interested. Let me, how do you get there? I want, I'd like yeah, to know. Yeah, what, what, what we share Yeah. Yeah. Tell and us uh, mentions that we should, and I know we've been talking about this pre COVID, we should do maybe do in London a, a listener meetup. Yeah, maybe we should. I'd like well, to do that. We've been talking about it for years. I mean, yeah. we talked about doing a live episode, but uh, we will maybe, we will. maybe no we'll, promises because why we not? already tried just to do like normal episodes, which sorry, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's hard enough. Yeah, and he, he knows also that's the last thing he says. He knows the craziness of Lisbon Airport. I think we have to do a Lisbon as an airport once because I also have contrasting opinion on that airport. You just mm. had a story that you talked about in the last uh, episode and we've never covered it. So maybe we'll do once. Uh, I mean, we have so many we haven't covered anyway. Uh, I want to make a shout out to Matt from AFF On Air. It's another podcast that I recently discovered like last week, literally, uh, the Australian Freaking Flyer podcast. Oh, cool. We have a common friend, uh, Mark, and uh, Matt, whom I don't know, said to Mark that we are his favorite podcast. And so uh, thank you. And and it's a great. I've started listening to AFF on air. That's I repeat that because I'm going to forget to put it in the show notes. AFF on air. <laughs> or you're just Google Australian freaking flyer podcast and you'll mm -hmm. get it's going to be the first results on Google. Uh, duck, duck, go, whatever. And it's a pretty cool. I, I learned a lot. So you should listen to that. Uh, the saga of Frank Lussel, our friend who went, guys, you remember, he flew from Germany to uh, Japan know. via London, which we found very. Um, he tells us that he had a great experience at ENA, business class. How can you not have a great experience? Yeah. <laughs> the service is really good. He chose a Japanese food option on uh, both legs. He says the privacy of the cabin is great. Uh, uh, so is the space. Remember, he's the very tall guy, taller than me. Mm -hmm. uh, he said there's a huge 4K screen. So really, he, he enjoyed it a lot. Less IFE options than Emirates. But who does have... Yeah, I know. There's no one that comes close exactly. to Exactly. Uh, and he said, oh, yeah, he's one of them. He said... The cabin looked a little bit worn. Mm. There were a lot of scratches on the interior and the fabric of the seat is not in the best shape anymore. Although the plane was just four years old. So there's something there. Maybe because they were parked. Yeah, uh, well, I, th I, don't know. I think also there's, you know, there's a design and manufacturing process that yeah. looks great in isolation on the ground. And you're True. like, this is perfect and it's all, you know, and often cabin crew are involved in that design process. But I remember when they launched the Virgin Atlantic upper class 
sweet, which was revolutionary at the time, like the mm -hmm. original herringbone. The coffins? No, even before that. Oh. Um, they had this, the foot well, or the foot rest that somebody else could sit on, and the carts would, would brush up against it and fray the material. Oh, I see. Yeah. And, and my friend uh, was the guy whose name is on the patent of those seats. Nice. And he was saying, the only way that we were going to figure that out is when they were in the sky yeah. and they were being used. He, he's yeah. like, the, you see, now we know. For <laughs> And then Adam went on and designed all the Virgin America stuff and then nice. the Virgin Galactic stuff. So... I can understand to an extent yeah. where you're like, ah, oh, we didn't predict that wear and tear. Uh, we won't do Especially that Especially when you, you do a seat that is completely different because we've seen recently this exactly. trend of having uh, almost the same. So, you know, the new Etihad, the new BA Club Suite, the new whatever, they all basically based on the same design Yeah. so they can learn from each other. Whereas like yeah. ANA clearly in that one did something that I don't think is, it must be, first of all, I think he's a Japanese seat maker. Yes. But also... It must be kind of custom made for um, ANA. So anyway, I'm still jealous that you've done, uh, Frank, you've done that flight. Um, Martin Hammer. Yeah, what, what a nice guy. Who works at Swiss. Remember, we mentioned him last time. I think he also made a comment on your uh, YouTube. He did. He was very, very kind. Yeah, I think he, was, he says it's a joy to see us both on a video about <laughs> cheese and chocolate or something. Uh he, he's very glad that you flew Swiss, obviously. He says he doesn't remember you talking about Swiss, but you had flown Swiss before. I'm pretty sure you had. Yeah, I'd, uh, I've, I'd flown Swiss in business on a 777 to, to Tel Aviv. Oh, there you go. Wow. Oh, that's an, I miss Tel Aviv, man. We have a listener from Tel Aviv afterwards, so I miss Tel Aviv a lot. Um, and he says we're not armchair quarterback because he truly enjoys our perspective. He considers us objective... <clears throat> I hope, and not as sensational as some opinions on YouTube, Insta, and so on. That's probably true. Um, so he says, you're, say, I have someone who works in the industry, it's always very nice to hear that because honestly, a lot of things sometimes I feel it's nonsense that we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, most of it. But most interestingly, he talks about the cheese board, the board, uh, the, the wooden board you got from, uh, from uh, Swiss, and he sent you and sent us the kind of flyer, the little explanation you got, the one from Ticino, I think, is that? Mm -hmm. is That's right. Yeah, so they, they're running- um, So clever. They're running a campaign to, you take home a piece of Switzerland and you have like one, two, three, four, seven different boards, so I guess, depending on the flight, and you have like, they each represent a different part of Switzerland, which also helps me realize that it's not the same that I have, it's not in front of me, it's in, somewhere in the box, because I got, uh, also the same board was a grazing plate, I think uh, mm -hmm. that's the name of the food. And it was because of the introduction of the A220, mine has an A220 plane on it, Cool, basically. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, you had like um, cured meat and cured ham and salami, whatever. And it, so, yeah, so it's a, this is probably, I don't know if it's, probably Swiss does that a lot. They run the campaigns if you want. Uh, so I don't know how long this one will run, the one you've got, but it's always cool. I, li I like when airlines, I know we said that a lot, when airlines, no matter where, they try to tie in part of their image to Identity, yeah. where they come from. It's like having the you know afternoon tea at BA. It's yeah. nice to have. Yeah. It's very British. Um, what, uh, what, what else I wanted to say? Yeah, we have uh, at Molar on Instagram. Long-time listeners, first-time caller. Caller? We should do like one of these shows, like the radio shows. You know, yeah, like yeah. The talk shows when people just call in. That would be a nice way of doing a, 
a live show. However, we would need a producer to route the calls. Externals yeah, and not yeah, me, yeah. not you, to control what, like to pre clear people because otherwise it would be a mess. It would be very Alan Partridge otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if he or she, uh, George, so he, uh, first international flight since COVID. Wow. It's so nice to hear friendly, knowledgeable voices make the return to aviation so much better. That's very kind to that say. That is very kind. Uh, Eran from Tel Aviv wrote us an email. Uh, he says that he's very happy that we mentioned Flighty. I think a lot of people are. I think we. I need to get. We need to get Flighty on this podcast. That would be good. Was a possibility just pre-COVID, and then I dropped the ball. So I might reach out to them. Uh, he flew from uh, Tel Aviv, where he is, to Rome with Elal, and he says. It was the first time you had used Flighty, and it was like, Flighty is lying, because Flighty is telling me I have a 737-900, but I should be having a Dreamliner. And he, you know, he goes on the website of LL, and says, no, you have a Dreamliner. Says, Look. So his first thought is like, Flighty is crap. He's not using that word. Eran, you're not using that word. Uh, and then uh, he gets another notification for Flighty from Flight Changes, and he's like, Actually, you know what? I should check on the website. And indeed, actually, ended up it being a, not in a Dreamliner. So Flighty knew way before anyone else that it was not a Dreamliner. Even the website, the official website, when you go on management booking, was not in him. So yeah, Flighty is pretty accurate, man. That pretty. will be my very first question when, if and when we get those guys on is, yeah. how the hell do you get this information? Yeah. There must uh, be multiple sources. I, know. I don't there know. There has to be. But I... I I really, really want to know. Yeah, me too. So he gives, he gives, Eran gives um, Flighty 12 points, so 12 points, very Eurovision uh, way of uh, talking. Uh, the famous, um, if, you, if you don't live in Europe, you probably, you probably know Eurovision, guys. Um, uh, so he, he also, of course, loves the podcast. Interest. There's a big truck coming in front of my house. I hope it <laughs> didn't cut the sound, mostly bled. Uh, on the way back, he flew with Ita, mm. to, so back from Rome to Tel Aviv. He had prepaid for a seat, but upon check-in, it turned out to be occupied. Eh? Uh, it seems like uh, pulling Alitalia out of Ita is quite a challenge. <laughs> I wonder if Lufthansa will make will be able to do to do so because Lufthansa just bought a minority, large minority stake in Ita. Yeah. A lot of friends have flown. Frankie has flown Ita from Tokyo to Rome as well. And told me it's not great. Yeah, he was not complimentary about it, was he? No. no. So maybe Lufthansa will be able to put that house in order. Um, let's see. Uh, our friend Eli Flyer, who was a guest in our show, he was in Abu Dhabi and tells us and tells you, Alex, that uh, he met the new CEO of EY, so of um, uh, Etihad. Yep. And the CEO said uh, they want to double in size in the next five uh, five years, but not by lighting money on fire. I like that. I think I think it just echoes the comments that you made in the last episode that yeah. um, they are pulling away from these. What was the word you used? But the sort of the showcase routes that you do because it's the prestige routes uh, that that you do because you it makes you look it makes you look cool. And now they're yeah. actually running like an airline. Do they? I know that Emirates flies Tel Aviv, so well, Tel Aviv. It's mm -hmm. always people say it's Jerusalem Airport or Tel Aviv, but basically for me, it's come more closer to Tel Aviv. So uh, Ben Gurion, I, I I know that Emirates does, but does yeah. Etihad fly? I, mm, don't I don't know. I don't know. Actually, it's a good question. Uh, yeah, because Iran said that he's listening 
often to us in this unbearable Tel Aviv traffic. Uh, I still miss Tel Aviv. Uh, yeah, you know yeah, what? Yeah, There's a lot of cities, you know, I love Athens, I love Istanbul, I love Beirut, whatever. As a city, a true urban feel on the sea, nothing beats Tel Aviv in the world to me. Nothing, literally nothing. I mean, you have other cities that have access to the sea, like, I don't know, Barcelona, but Barcelona doesn't have, it's not the same. It's not, mm-hmm. it's like an add-on. It's something that, an afterthought. I think Tel Aviv is built around, I love it. Anyway, uh, have you seen the new livery from Riyadh Air? Yes. Looks, yes. Lots of paints, but it looks really cool. Bluish. Uh, it, it, there, there has obviously been some massive leap in aircraft paint technology because it was always strip it back to the metal or do it in white to save yourself weight and cost. And that mm-hmm. was it. That's why we got Euro white. That's why American Airlines didn't paint most of their airplanes for a generation. Yeah. But now with that one and the new jet blue livery it's not a one-off it's going to go across the whole fleet the whole thing is yeah. blue there's there's there has has to be surely some yeah generational leap i don't really know anything about that stuff so i would Same. be interested to know but hey you know what as a casual observer great it means we get yeah. more exciting liveries and they look striking when you see them on the ground i mean that one Riedel, just google it up guys like some kind of royal blue and some kind of light yeah. blue on the tail it's striking. Yeah. You cannot miss I'm, I'm, it. And I'm I like excited. That. I'm excited to see those airplanes. Um, and we had, I'm wondering if it's not the same that earlier gave us a review, but I'm, I'm not going to take that. Um, on Instagram, there was a comment on our last episode. Uh, Ivis, maybe you're the same guy. Anyway, what a great episode. So the one on Abu Dhabi. Listen to it. That's the important bit. Listen to it cycling to Heathrow for two hours. So he cycles to Heathrow. Probably works there because he says, glad to hear your feeling BA are improving. I do believe, I do believe that he's working for BA. Yeah. I do understand that he's working for BA. So having someone that agrees, I mean, of course, he's bought in, he's like a skin in the game because he works for BA. Or maybe Avis, you work for Heathrow, but... He's glad that uh, we're feeling that BA is improving. Yes, we are feeling yeah. that BA is improving. Maybe it's maybe thanks to you, man, Ivis. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, are you also the person that didn't extend my status? And, everybody, <laughs> and you did extend everybody else's because I was relentless in my criticism of BA. Fine, fine, accepted. If you ever recognize us um, at Ethro in an aircraft, don't hesitate to say hi. Not that we're very well known, but... Look at Natasha, you can see both of our faces, or if you go yeah. on Instagram, where you And I would extend were. that to anybody. Yeah, of course. Where, the amount of where? times that people have sent me messages saying, hey, I saw you, I'm like, come and say hi, let's yeah, come and out say hi. Yeah. yeah, please. I had that also very recently. I think someone saw me in Geneva, actually. Uh, and I said, oh, I, I saw you, I thought it was you, but I'm like, just say hi, I'm not going to bite. I don't know. Um, do we have time? Yeah, maybe you want to say a little bit about Dublin. I think you went to Dublin. Yeah, I, I'll talk to uh, briefly about it. Briefly, I, yeah. I I did go to Dublin uh, for a speech, and I flew. I did fly to London City this time. A client was was paying, so it was less of an issue in in terms nice. of having to do all the research. London City, cost. which did it? Sorry to interrupt. Mm. Did London City already have the no liquid the, the new things? The new <clears> CD <throat> scan the, the that time, allows you not. Yeah the 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 previous time that I had gone they were training people on how to use that scanner and they had shut all of the other lanes. And so it took a while. 
I talked about it on an episode of yeah. like maybe six months ago. This time it was all operational and nice. the education this time was for the passengers. Don't take anything out. Don't yeah. take anything out. And so it went through. I still, the right. city is a, still a construction site, yeah. both uh, on the airfield itself and in the terminal. That stupid goddamn piece of crap building that I'm sure is really important to the operation of the airport blocks the view. But <laughs> they've, and again, I mentioned this last time I threw I flew through city, but they've done the way that they have given a facelift to all of the gates that yeah. extend west is really nice. It's bright and airy, and it used to be sort of quite dank and dingy, like you were going and subterranean almost, even though somehow you were above ground. But it's maybe almost spill my coffee. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but it's true. It was, it was. But the work they've done has been absolutely. Absolutely worth it. Um, nice. I flew on a BA 190. I was in business. It's always, I have found it's always a positive experience on BA City Flyer, especially in business. Yeah. And it's such a mm. short hop. Yeah, it is. Over to over to, to Dublin. You just kind of basically fly down the um, the, the, the coast until you, until you come out over the Irish Sea and then, and, and then land. But it's, you, you never, that again, that takeoff from City never, ever, 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 ever gets old. Yeah, full true. thrust, take the break off, and I haven't done it in a while. But the food was good. The food has always been noticeably better on on BA City Flyer than it has been on BA Mainline. And it was a like a cold lentil salad and um, nice bottles of of branded champagne, better brands than you get on BA Mainline, <laughs> even on long haul. So that's a and this nice. service was <clears throat> efficient, yeah. but not sort of. They didn't really have time to do anything above and beyond, but it was yeah. got my food. It was great. But when I I landed at Dublin, uh, I did like a maybe a quadruple take, <laughs> and I was like, I know that airplane, and sat parked. Uh, actually, in the thick of it, amongst everything else, was Air Force One. Nice. And I'd nice. forgotten that Biden was in town. Yeah. For a few days, actually, and behind. Uh, behind Air Force One were two C-32s, which is the military version of the 757, or as my brother Will said, the fledgling 747 that hasn't grown its hump yet. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was pretty funny. That's that's a cute way of describing. And there were vehicles parked around it. it, Biden was in Dublin at at that moment. Uh, So Mm -hmm. it wasn't like he was coming and going. But we taxied right past it. It was... I had seen Air Force One a couple of times in person, but I I don't think I had ever seen the sort of the operational fuselage that comes with it. You know, the, those two supporting C fifty uh, C thirty twos, all of the support vehicles around it. It was so it was neat to see, and yeah, a lot yeah, of like, people yeah. like aloof businessmen were taking pictures. You know, because this is it was it was pretty cool. Of course, I mean it's an iconic design. And, yeah, you know, there's something about it. And I got some 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 pictures and videos of it because it was course. it was neat to see. And I was actually right. documenting that trip for Attaché. But that night, I got the worst flu I think I've ever had in my life, and I barely got through my speech the next morning uh, before I just collapsed back into my hotel. But I had to fly home that day, uh, and Air Force One was still there, but one of the C thirty twos had gone. Uh, west 
in Ireland okay. to go to. I think it was where the Biden family was from originally. Yeah, I think he, that was part of his trip. So he went and did that, yeah. and they took us. And okay. you followed the map on uh, the route on flight radar because there it was. But it was very looping and not nice. in a straight line. And I'm sure that was for various yeah. reasons of national yeah. security. But uh, the we taxied past uh, uh, the Air Force One again. I suppose it wasn't Air Force One at that point. It was just a yeah. It's Air Force C One only if the president, president is, is on board. Yeah, right. yeah. C. What is it? A C. I forgot. I can't remember. Or is it a V? I don't, I don't know, whatever it was. But it's still neat to see. Uh, and it's the short ride home, which I was at that point praying for the sweet, sweet kiss of death because I felt so rubbish. I didn't <laughs> eat anything. I didn't drink anything. I was just ready to get home. But Dublin Airport is the most frustrating airport, maybe up there with Madrid. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a huge fan. I think we did cover it, but uh, yeah, I'm not a huge fan. Oh. There's a there is a lounge uh, that I was trying to to get to, and some some lounges are for U.S. only departing flights. Some are for uh, you know only certain airlines. And there's one that I could get into with one of my various passes, but it was freaking impossible to find. Just maybe in my sort of flu induced stupor, I was being a dumbass, but. <laughs> I asked a person and they're like, no, it's really hard to find. You have to look for the clock hanging from the... And I was like, what is this? Sort what? Of, this what? Like, it sounds like a Benicio Del Toro movie. After like, the blue tree on the left, exactly. besides a fountain, but just before the sandwich maker, because if you do too far, then you end up yeah. in the fires of hell. Yeah. And it's it, it, the lounge is, is wow. nothing special at all. But By the it, way, this is something... This is where, and maybe that comes back to what happened to you at Geneva with, um, not you, but seeing people that mistook which Marhaba lounge in Geneva. I know that Apple Maps does indoor airports, not all in the world, but the, a lot, pretty well. But of course, if then it's not, maybe that's what happened in Marhaba when the new one is not um, marked yet, you got lost. I, I wonder if it would be the case how it would work in um, Dublin to find that lounge. Because it's, I, I don't think there's anything more frustrating to try to find a lounge when you just, I just want to sit down. I just want to sit down. That's where, that's well, where, and I felt so unwell. And act the way, it, like you come out of security and there's nothing in front of you. I have to go left or right. But the, but the lounge is actually behind you, <laughs> above security. Oh, wow. uh, so, yeah, you know, anyway, but anyway, it, it was fine. BA City Flyer were fine. It was uh, it's, coming back to to London City is such a joy because you you get in there. Apparently, though, we had landed at or parked at the wrong stand at at, 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 at City, yeah, because oh. it took forever to get some some stairs. And usually, they just wheel the stairs right up, and the, the, eventually they come, they bang on the door, and the and the uh, the uh, the ramp operator or the ramp supervisor is like, "You went to the wrong." <laughs> stand man that's why we weren't here you're you're you don't have to go through passport control so you're at the complete anyway whatever oh yeah it's still yeah i still love that airport i yeah. love ba city flyer i wish they flew i'm not going to touch my microphone uh, they flew to more places um <laughs> that i needed to go to but yeah it was it was a good experience a fun experience to see to see Air Force One in an operational capacity as opposed oh, nice. to a static display at an air show or a retired one in a museum. Yeah, I've, I said it earlier, I've seen it as a kid in Geneva from the observation deck. back, And they're still on the observation deck, by the way, guys, if you want. Yeah, that's a one thing. It's nice to know. 
It's land side, however, you have to clear a security. So, but it's not a security that gives, gives you access air side. It's a security oh. that gives you only access to the observation roof. A small price to pay. And as a kid, I have this memory of seeing uh, Air Force One. That's cool. Yeah, I, I don't have like the memory of you know the operational. Uh, you know, I was I was a kid, man. I was like probably what? When do they meet Reagan and Gorbachev in Geneva? Eighty eight. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it was around eighty eight. Yeah. So I was. 11, 12, I have like a hazy memory. I know my, my, dad, took, my dad took me, pretty sure. That's cool. Um, since you're loose, yeah, I've had uh, this question twice, including for a common friend of ours, uh, Stefan Genshev, you know them, mm. uh, or the Bulgarian godfather. Uh, he was at Lucy last night. He says, Paul, where's the lounge at that airport? There is no lounge at Lucy, guys. No. This is, for those who've never been, I mean, there is. If you, when BA one was happening and maybe mm -hmm. Ed Parsons can actually, because I think if, if they can be a one, the one, the three. Yeah, I've done 18, that too. The, I think there was a system of a car would take you to a lounge right. which usually is reserved for, but otherwise there's no lounge. No, okay. and there's an arrivals lounge from that service, which is at a, at a hotel. Yeah, okay, I didn't know that. So I knew yeah. there's a departing one, I know there's a business and first BF, but since that flight doesn't operate anymore, I don't know what's going yeah. there. Anyway, there's no lounge, basically. There's no lounge. There's and no I think the reason is that people who fre frequent that airport know that they can cut it down and, and arrive there at 35 minutes before their departure yeah. time. And That's what I told uh, Stefan. He came yeah. way too early. And I'm like, there's nothing to do. I'm like, yeah, because that's the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't need to because it's yeah. that type of airport. Uh, yeah, since we talked about the uh, city scans, so which will be rolled out all across the UK by the end of 2024. And Europe is, I mean, Amsterdam has them already. There's a few airports. Uh, so I allow you not to take anything out. Uh, I think I mentioned a few episodes ago, but I'm not sure. Uh, one of the reasons I do not travel with my cameras that have film, you know, old fashioned film, is that um, it's, it's always a bit itchy on the x-ray. But for sure, the new CD scans will destroy film. Oh! And I met at the Leica event someone you knew very well that I don't know well, but you know very well because uh, when you released your book Attaché Travel Book uh, Volume One, mm -hmm. it was never a Volume Two, man. I'm still waiting. Uh, <laughs> one of the perks of the Kickstarter was it Kickstarter campaign was a photo of him. So uh, from him, uh, Dan. Oh, Rubin. Dan Rubin, such a lovely guy. He was at a Leica event the other night, the other night, we're talking like three weeks ago or something, four weeks ago, for the launch of the Leica Q3. And I asked him, because I know he does a lot of film, I said, what happens in the airport with these new machines? And uh, he told me that the TSAs in the US, if you have roll of films, it's they're all trained, it's very good, they will accept manual checks. So you don't put it in it, you just hand the film over to the, to the security people and they will, his, his experience is that they are very good. He says that Zurich is not. So, so see, one for once is something that, uh, so basically they, they don't care. So that's an issue because mm -hmm. even if you try with these new CD scans, if you try CT scans, pardon me, if you, if you put your roll of films into one of these boxes that is a bit like a Faraday cage, uh, I don't think, I think it can even still warp them no matter what. So, uh, so apparently Zurich is not good. It's, but I was asking, I was asking him about the UK. Uh, because I know that Gatwick has always been good with that. You can always ask if you have a roll of film, can I not put it in the x-ray or in the machine and they will check it. But Ethrow was historically very bad. They never gave a shit, pardon my French. But he tells me that 
because the machines are being introduced, they've been training the security staff at Heathrow. And now, so if you are someone who loves their film, their role of films, they will do handshakes. So Heathrow is now no more an issue. So it's, uh, it's, it's nice. Guys, you probably have more information if you are a photographer like I am, but I mostly do digital. But it's nice to know that airports are thinking about it. Yeah, because almost no one does film anymore. <laughs> no, it's glad I'm glad that they have that, yeah, at least so on their minds. You were in uh, in Ireland, uh, Belfast. We talked about last time global airlines. You know when they wanted to put yes. these 380s to the US. I didn't realize there's an airline, a startup airline that wants to start operations from Belfast called Fly Atlantic, uh, and they will fly to the US or yet another competitor to that uh, tattle market. Mm. I think they want three twenty-two, three twenty-one years. However, they just delayed their start to spring 2025 (laughs) because there's no availability of aircraft that's what i think you said last time there's no aircraft in the world they cannot Uh, find them i i again we've said that any anyone who puts pressure on the cartel that flies across the atlantic is good is good with me uh i have no one has come at me with anything supporting global airlines and their (laughs) a380 thing but I think the aircraft shortage is going to be a problem. Pilot shortage is going to be a problem. So we'll have to see. But I think actually now that you've seen those narrow bodies being able to, to, to go the, across the Atlantic, acquisition costs and operating costs are dropping. So maybe we will see some good competition, but not in a 380. No, not in a 380. But I mean, these guys won 321, so basically yeah, JetBlue. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Actually, there was an article about Tim Clark, the, the CEO of, is he still a CEO? Because yes, he, he was supposed to leave and then because of COVID stayed and he will be the CEO until he dies, which yeah. I, I mean, I like it because he's such an admirable yeah. person. Uh, he's so happy to have the 380s because he says, you know, they're full, but, you know, in a constrained market, uh, both of, you know, like having a, simply capacity in general and no aircrafts coming is, 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 is He's a bore with that, the mm-hmm. 380. The fact that he has 380. We always said, at least I always said that, of course, you know, four engines, they were, you know, it was, it was bound to be that they will stop production. However, I think in the next 10 years, it's a huge advantage to have the Thiele 380 if, uh, because with the capacity constraints we have now, it's just a winner. Yeah. Just a winner. Yeah, right? Absolutely. And it's, it's just, just a good experience. We've always said that from the beginning. Yeah, we love it. Yeah. Uh, the 777X, which will replace actually the 3T at uh, Emirates, but also at other airlines is still delayed, obviously. However, I don't know if you've seen, we have seen for the first time the windows inside. I No, I didn't see that. So they're, they're very similar to the one on the Dreamliner. I believe they're even the same size, so these big windows. Lovely. What is interesting, however, is the button for the dimming. So the, the dimming will be similar to the Dreamliner, which is this kind of shade of, what is it, liquid mm, <laughs> gel? Mm-hmm. Something like that, yeah. They put like a shower gel in there. Right. Someone <laughs> pressing on. Uh, they have, there's five, there's like a, five, it's not five buttons, but it's like it's a, it's a row of buttons and each of them shows you a dimming, mm. a less to more dimmed. It's basically it's clearer to understand what you're doing. Yeah, and in, you can stop it at one stage. You know, on the Dreamliner, you keep pressing it until like, oh, this is the one I want. Uh, there, you just say, you know, maybe eighty. It doesn't say eighty percent, but you can realize it's probably like 20, 40, 60, and eighty mm-hmm. percent, and plus hundred percent. Of course, that also means that the flight attendants will be able to lock you on yeah. any setting, and I hate that. 
<laughs> I'm not a big fan of that either. Especially daylight flights. Oh, we're going to put you to sleep. So soon, soon they will also put like, um, you know, gas to, yeah. to sleep for 12 <laughs> hours. You forgot you even... Like in the fifth element, cabin. yeah. <laughs> Talking about another thing that happened since we... Uh, the Vomit Pro for $4,000 of Apple Vomit Pro. I'm kidding. One of the images they had, everybody knows that we're talking about the Vision Pro. One of the images they had in their introduction movie, whatever, was a lady wearing these goggles in an aircraft, probably as IFE. Would you do that? I, was it, I can't remember if it was you or I was talking to this about, but um, we had talked about that some airlines had offered VR headsets and flight and people were feeling unwell after, after a few minutes, but... I read or heard, or somebody, maybe it was even you, said that because of the refresh rate yeah. of the of the screens inside it, you won't have that problem. Yeah, there's no latency between when your head moves to what you see. So, for instance, that's what I read as well. I don't think it, we were we talked about it between us, but yeah, it, 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 you can put like a movie uh, in front of you. And then you can leave, I think, with the crown, so the little button. You can leave, decide if you want to leave a little bit of reality around it. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, if you move, and we always move even like unconsciously, you know, a little bit ahead, it's completely, there's no latency. So there's apparently, like I said, there's no sense of dizziness that, that has even like a slight latency, like what you do and your eyes need to compute is slightly different from where your physical movements. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's expensive, but <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I started l- looking at that keynote from Apple a bit, not cynical, but like, yeah, this is not t- for me. I'm too old for this shit mm-hmm. type of guy. And then I was like, okay, they're very good at marketing. But then I was like, you know what? So pretty clever shit. Yeah, that, yeah. I felt like a, a tech demo platform. Like, basically, look how far ahead of everybody we are <laughs> with this <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Which, hey, you know what you got to do. I thought it was cool. Uh, I can't ever imagine myself using one, but um, would I use that on a plane if it got to that point where it was like, yeah, maybe, maybe. maybe. I, I, I've seen some uh, VR goggles that people use. They attach it to their Steam Deck and it gives them a nice big oh, wow. screen and, and people were asking about using it on planes and it it has the same thing where there's actual glass so there's not a screen we have to worry about latency. So you do see yeah. what's around you, which yeah. is kind of cool. Maybe some airlines, maybe like, a, I don't know, an Emirates could offer that in first class. Maybe, I mean, apparently there's a simple, quick setup, five minutes to do, maybe also if you wear glasses and whatever. Mm-hmm. But that could be something that no, could I'm sure it'll happen. I'm sure it'll I mean, happen. I want to try. I, I do too. Wanna oh, I, wanna, I definitely want to give it a go. I'll go to an Apple store and try them next year whenever they come out. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to buy them. I'm not in the market for that. But yeah, it looks pretty cool shit let's finish with a few um since we love and you love customer service mm. a few stories about customer service uh which one was yeah the the, the picture of uh, marianne rintel the ceo of uh klm she's in her first year first year of tenure as a ceo of klm and she was, it was the, the photo circulated online. This is how I learned it, at least. She was serving passengers with a full, you know, uniform uh, from LA to Amsterdam in a, in a Dreamliner. Uh, so, you know, she had the crew uniform and everything. And from the photo, she's not, clearly not in business class, either Eco or Premium Eco. It's pretty cool. Yeah. 
No? Yeah, I think it's very cool. It's not like Alex Cruz putting on a high-vis vest to give a speech. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to fix IT. Uh, oh with the high-vis vest. Really, you know, really it's very refreshing when you see... I mean, if, if she worked the same uh, hours as the, uh, the rest I, of the I, crew. I wouldn't know that. But still, but I the mean... The fact that she... Yep. I does has like a direct experience. Yeah. I think it's cool. And I, I hopefully they didn't reveal to the passengers who she was. And so she got a real experience of what this is like. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think maybe someone recognized her mm. because the picture seems not like, it's clearly not, um, you know, a, a PR, PR thing. Yeah. It's not, it looks like Alex or me sat at our seat. and like, I do a double take. You know, like, is that? Mm -hmm. okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like it. I, I, I like uh, it's like you know, being your the CEO, but still answering the phone yourself or customer yeah. care or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this this type of idea. The other uh, that was in the headlines is the the chairman of uh, Starlux. Starlux is this uh, Taipei based uh, airline. Uh, we've been talking a, lo a lot about it, including pre COVID, and uh, so it did. Um, the when he flew yeah when the the first flight that happened he flew it himself so he's a pilot so he flew i think that the uh, i think it was a dreamline or 350 however the, the the story i want to focus on is that there was a disruption in japan a few now i don't know because i don't, I don't remember but like let's let's say two two three months ago maybe the disruption in japan and like a lot of passengers were stranded supposed to fly starlux back to taipei and so what he did, he took an aircraft himself, flew all the way to Japan, welcomed the passenger, so sorry, we effed up, and flew them back to where they were supposed to. So not only he went there to personally, you know, take not only control, but also apologize and take control of the situation and say, mm -hmm. we're sorry, we effed up, but also he flew it. Yeah, yeah. He flew them back himself. That's pretty Cool. That is cool. That is cool. I think he got in trouble. Yeah. Didn't he? Not for that one. No, no, no. He flew the 350 inaugural flight to LA or back yeah, yeah. to LA if it's inaugural. And he brought Sam Shui on board on the flight deck. But on the ground. I'm not sure. Was it on the ground? It was on the gr it was on the ground, and I guess there's some I didn't see the video. Stipulation that that's not okay to do that uh in I guess it's Taiwanese aviation law. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the, the equivalent of the FAA. Yeah, or, and they they said, well, you know, technically you shouldn't have done that, and we're going to at least at the very least investigate. Um, which is a shame because it it takes away from these other two wonderful stories. And I hope nothing comes of it. And they're like, don't don't do that again because you should really know that that's not. I think at worst you'll get a fine. Yeah, and I don't think if I remember correctly. The fine was not huge either. No. It's still there, but it's not like we're not talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars or whatever. But yeah, it's, uh, but you know, it's cool that you're a pilot yeah, and yeah. also like the chairman and that you do these. And I get it that it's cool to share with an Av geek, Sam Shui, who has a great influence for, you know, a lot of people watch him. Mm. Why not? Yeah. Oh, oh for sure. Absolutely. Well, was there not like one of our listeners that said that he was going on vacation and he's, he he thinks ed bastion was oh yeah next to him with, with his, his with his granddaughter maybe yeah yeah in economy yeah, yeah. In, in economy mm -hmm. a couple of playing uh play-doh yeah 
I don't remember who was that. One of our listeners, I'm really sorry, uh, he or she, whoever sent us that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, in economy. Uh, I remember that. It was a couple of episodes, three episodes ago, maybe. Uh, to close off the show, yeah. You're going to Japan, bastard. I am. Um, mm-hmm. You will discuss that in... We don't know the recording situation in the summer. We'll figure that out during the summer. There will be another episode before Alex leaves. Uh, and then I don't know. We'll see. So hopefully we can do, we'll figure it out with you, Alex. But we had uh, Alex Ostreicher sending us uh, pictures of a trip he did in Japan. Mm. It was in the Red Room, the gel, the gel um, lounge in Haneda. It looks great. But especially he sent us pictures of his food. On gel in business class, and I'm like, bastard. Yeah, it looked really, really... He said, well, didn't you say it was the best... Yeah, I think the best... ...airplane food he'd ever had? I think he's even more effusive than that. I think the best airplane food of his life, that's what yeah. he said. Yeah. Pretty sure. He had a heck of a journey, that's so I'm, I've been picking his brain about... Because he went to a bunch of baseball games, and I want to as well. No, oh, you... Oh, have you mm-hmm. never seen baseball in Japan? No, I've, I'm always there... It's quite an experience. ...in the wrong time of the year, and time finally year. I'm going... I'm going to go for my birthday and go to a game so and he went to like five maybe so uh, all over japan so i, I it's a very different experience from a u.s game it's lovely yeah i can't wait i can't wait do you know which do you have a team that you support in japan uh i have a, only because i've they were the first pieces of merch i i've ever bought but the tokyo yakult swallows uh who apparently are having a terrible season but they ha- they play and this is all great information that alex ostriker gave me uh they play in one of the beautiful old outdoor stadiums in tokyo so i'm i'm we're gonna go see them yeah i'm a i'm a tohoku rakuten golden eagles ah. I, I have the i have the gear nice. I have the, you know why because i met 10 years ago the founder and, and ceo of rakuten mm. um san and as a gift, he gave me a cap of that team. And that's after my me living in Japan, right? I hadn't already left. And the guy was so cool in general that I'm like, you know what? I never had a skin in the game in Japan, but I'm going to support that team. I told him that on the spot. And since then, I've been, you know, that's the one, the Golden Eagles. There you go. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Of course, we haven't mentioned it, but we should for those who don't believe in a rock. There's no more restrictions to go to Japan. No more three jabs, no more COVID tests, no more nothing. Yeah, You just go. I, I think from our friends living there uh, that uh, you know as well, I, I think there's, of course, still a lot of masking, but it's going uh, down a bit. I don't, I don't care about masking. I'm just saying if it's something you care about, uh, and I think no, it's full. It's packed. You're going to tell me how packed. Are you going July or August? End of July through beginning of August. It's going to be very hot. Yeah, it's. I mean, actually, it's 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 not too bad. No, no, I love it. It's just that. Have you ever experienced uh, Tokyo in early July, uh, early August? Um, I have not, but I have experienced Southeast Asia in. Yeah, so it's the same. Yeah, it's really the month when suddenly you like. I'm in Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. I'm in, in Singapore or in Manila or in. It's really hot, yeah. but it still is amazing. So yeah, we'll do, we'll discuss later. Uh, and to finish, yeah, because we just mentioned food, and gonna because I, we had a lot of people asking us about this. There was a, this headline. I don't know if you've seen of Air New Zealand weighing passengers, mm. and of course, like all the all these headlines, they're completely misleading because they really le- led with you're going to be put on the scale before entering the aircraft, which is absolutely not the case. What they're doing is they're just upgrading, like 
every, I don't know, 10 years, whatever, we do, we're going to ask a few passengers, I don't know, 5,000, 10,000, and we make new averages to make sure that yeah. in this instance, for instance, have people put weight during COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So it's not as if people will wait you. Totally reasonable. Right? They will not. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, and uh, I know that uh, EASA, the, the equivalent of the FAA in Europe, has done that in the summer of 2022. So last summer, they've done it. Interestingly, they've, and I think that's very smart, they not only weigh Paul and Alex, we're not going to disclose our weight publicly, <laughs> but they, they will weigh, they weighted you, sorry, with your carry-on. Smart. And they said, people, the last time they did it, I think it was 2008, people didn't lose or gain weight. So it's, the average is the same as in um, 14 years ago, 15 years ago. However, the stuff you put in your carry-on has increased. Oh, I believe that. So overall, they had to make an adjustment for, you know, how much fuel, et cetera. They had to make an adjustment in Europe because of the amount of stuff that we put in our carry-ons. And you know what? <laughs> the men put more stuff than women. Oh, I completely believe that. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So uh, not only we are on average uh, more heavier, but also we put more Crap shit in our carry-ons. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you go. Um, final thought. Maybe I think you wanted to talk about it. The sad passing of Brian Scholl. Yes. The uh, SR-71 pilot who wrote that yes. in incredible book, Sled Driver, uh, which is, you can't, it's impossible to get hold of. Uh, it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars now because it was such a limited run. But uh, yeah, he, he died. He was a hell of a storyteller. Uh, and he he's famous for that blackbird speed check story that always ends yeah. up on reddit once a week but it he he was a great storyteller had an incredible life uh, and really brought the blackbird out of kind of the aviation sphere into common folklore yeah. as a spaceship um so he, uh, <laughs> yeah. it was sad to, to to hear of his passing yeah one of the stories you said as well of course that that's famous yeah like you said the a center showing 2000 or something that's mm. like against what is it fa 16 fa 18 like yeah. <laughs> yeah something like that. i mean just guys if you just google his name uh, you'll find that story it's the most epic but there's i think he was also is one of these books he, he used to give talks mm -hmm. i don't know if you've ever there's a, some on youtube you can watch i'm pretty sure and like uh that the windows of the the blackbird were so hot uh, like an oven and actually, this is how he would eat up the lunch. Yeah. So he had like this kind of space suit because like I said, it's a spacecraft. And he would like push, I think, the the straw on the window. So the liquid, whilst it was touching the window, would heat up and then it would go into his mouth. Yeah, yeah. And that, that would be his lunch would be hot because I think, was this thing not staying airborne for a long yeah, time? Yeah, a very long time. Very long time. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, anyway, that's sad, but, you know, we wanted to give a little thought. Definitely. If you don't know the, the man, just Google Brian Scholl. Uh, you'll find a lot of obituaries. Of course, they're all very telling and a lot of the stories. And if you can find some of these books, uh, I think they're worth your time. Yeah, oh, the uh, stories are just captivating. Yeah, he was a great storyteller. He was a great, that's me as well, he was a great photographer mm. as well. Some of the books, the photography in the books were all his uh, and I think that's what he, he, he spent the last uh, of his years. He was uh, 
based in the US. Of course, anyway, taking a lot of pictures still as a as a hobby to pass the time in it. Yeah, so sad passing. <laughs> well, I'm gonna play the music and ask you where you're going next. Hold on. I don't know. <laughs> so what? I don't know where I'm going. I might be doing one more filming trip before uh, I fly to the US and then uh, lots and lots of flights all over the place during the summer. Yeah, I'm very jealous of that. Yeah. I'm especially, of course, I'm jealous that you go to the US, but I'm especially jealous that you're beating me to go to Japan. I was like, when you told me about that story, I was like, I went on Google Fly, I'm like, can I, can I, can I beat him back two days to go there just to say <laughs> that I've been before and it's too expensive. And I get out from here, it's great. Yeah. Uh, actually, we said, did we say that already? The prices are like almost oh, 100% more. Crazy, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm going to Devon next week, Lovely. so I'm not going by plane. I'm just driving there. Paolo will be there, so we'll talk about airplanes all the time. Uh, kind of workation. I've never been to Devon, so no, I'm very happy. For those who don't know, that's in the southwest uh, part of... That's where Greg Barnes is from. Oh, yeah. Greg, I'm going where yeah, you are. The place of origin. Looks great. And uh, I'm going to Bologna Airport. I'll tell the story maybe next time. On that, happy flying. Safe travels, guys. <laughs>